This is Free Talk Live. You can bring up anything you want. The toll-free number for you to take control of the airwaves is 855-450-FREE, and that is the SACL CAI toll-free line, 1-855-450-3733. Joining you in the studio tonight, it's Ian. Nemi. And Mark. Uh, we're going to go with a special guest here, though, to start the show out uh, tonight. So if you wanted to get on about anything, please hold your thoughts. We will get to you. Uh, but I wanted to get the weed man on the line with us. We talked about uh, his story last night and have uh, kind of covered him off and on throughout the years because he has been in a, a you know fairly lengthy odyssey with the various different uh, governmental enforcement agencies and uh, courts and such over uh, over a decade, I think, now at this point that I've, I've certainly heard uh, heard the name weed man. His real name is Ed Ed Fortune, and I hope hopefully I pronounced that correct. Ed, are you there? Yes, I'm here. Yes, uh, it's, it's close enough. Fortune. <laughs> Fortune. Yeah. Now, uh, you've I I was just asking you before we right before we went on the air. You know, if you remembered being on this show, I don't know. I mean, I it, we've been doing this show for a decade. I know I've been hearing about you for a decade. Maybe I just fantasized that I've had you on the show before. I don't <laughs> even. <laughs> no, I, I actually think it's very possible. Maybe ten years ago or so, because. Because I, I, I have done a lot of, uh, you know, interviews, so I, I, it's perfectly possible. As it should be, because you've done a lot of activism as well, and so it's good that you get press attention for all the activism you do. I mean, not only are you known for, for being the uh, NJ weed man, as in New Jersey uh, weed man, but uh, you ran for political office at uh, at least one point, uh, maybe more than once. Oh, yeah. Actually, I, I run for office just about every year. I made a, a, a vow years ago to... Uh, to put legalized marijuana party on uh, on on New Jersey's uh, ballot every year. Just people who want to vote for legalized marijuana always can vote for me at least. So every year I get on the ballot. Um, I've run for everything from county uh, freeholder to governor. <laughs> what's the best turn? What's the uh, the best I guess vote percentage you've gotten in in what race? Well, I ran for governor. Uh, no, Senate, I think. It was Senate in 2006. I think I came in fourth, and I got like 14,000 votes. Nice. Um, not, not too I shabby. I ended up on CNN for that. I mean, it was, it was actually uh, pretty interesting. You know, and, and the fact of the matter is, uh, you know, I'm not that high where I think I'm just I'm going to win. Right. Um, you know, my, <laughs> my, my, my goal all the time was to, to, to create um, uh, awareness or an, an issue, which to my issue, which was, you know, legalizing marijuana. So every time I ran for office, I would I would have a, a, a lot of press uh, coverage, and people would go to my website. They would hear what I had to say a sure. whole lot more than, than than I could ever pay for. You know, if I if I just wanted to talk about legalizing marijuana and promote it, you know, I I couldn't pay for it. But you know, a couple of news stories here, an associated press story here, you know, an appearance on CNN. I remember one time I went on CNN, I got like 140,000 hits to my website that night. Not too shabby. You know? Um, you have, uh, you know, you're one of a select group of uh, liberty, or I guess, uh, you know, decriminalization activists out there that has uh, really kind of made a, a good splash in the media and brought a lot of attention to the issue. I, I would I would rank you up there with Mark Emery as well, who I'm sure, as you know, is uh, serving a five-year prison sentence for selling seeds uh, while up in Canada. So I think that uh, you know you're definitely up there with him as far as uh, doing a lot, putting your own personal freedom on the line. Because whenever you become an activist, and we've talked about this on Free Talk Live a number of times, you stick your head up above the waves. There's a good chance that uh, they're going to target you, and that's what they're doing right now. Well, I, I definitely have been targeted a few times. Um, 
I've been on the offense a few times too. You know, I've I've done things on purpose, uh, specifically trying to generate certain legal challenges or, or put certain legal challenges through the through the appellate court system. Um, Give me an example this, of one of the things you've done on purpose. Was uh, like civil disobedience? Oh yeah, I'm a big civil disobedience guy. Um, I think the most famous one probably is uh, I, I used to hold these once a month uh, protests at the Liberty Bell in Philadelphia. Where I would go and I would I would I would give um, some type of speech or prayer or, or whatever I would do at at, at four o'clock and at four twenty <laughs> I basically would, would say a prayer and would smoke marijuana and and and, awesome. I, and, I, and at the time I wanted to be arrested because I wanted to advance certain uh, constitutional arguments through the federal court system. Did they arrest you? Eventually they did ah, because okay. because the U.S. Prosecutor's Office knew what I was doing the first few times. Even though the, the police on the street, the federal park police, they would arrest me, but they wouldn't. It, it, it wouldn't be prosecuted. You know, they would. They would definitely put handcuffs on me and give me a uh, ticket, but it wouldn't be prosecuted. So they would eventually anyway, drop the charge just to get you kind of out of the public view. Right, right. And what happened <laughs> was, you know, I started getting some press attention because I was doing it every month. You know, it took it took eight months to finally they decided to go ahead and uh, prosecute me. And um, when and when they when they did, I, I actually won the case. Oh wow! Uh, yeah, really? I, I, yeah, and there's, and there's video on CNN covered it. Everything where I, where I actually smoked the joint every uh, every third every third Saturday uh, of the month. This was through uh, I think it was 2002. And what was the charge that they hit you with? Yeah, that what you, did you win? You ended up beating. Uh, I got charged with here's here's what happened. I got charged with one disorderly person, mm-hmm. two possession of marijuana, and three destruction of evidence because I. Ate the joint. <laughs> um, <laughs> now, 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 what happened was okay. We finally get the trial, and you know that, that's a whole argument there too. All the legal arguments, but anyway, I'm gonna skip all that. We'll get to the trial. So we get to the trial before Judge Rappaport, and I told the judge that I, I would like to, you know, plead guilty, plead not guilty to these charges. But the one thing I wanted to argue about is I wanted to argue about the destruction of evidence first. You know, so the judge allowed me to argue about the destruction of evidence charge first. So here's how I explained it. I explained that I made an announcement that I was going to come to the park and I was going to at 420 uh, enter into a Rastafarian prayer ceremony where I will consume marijuana. So, and I showed him the flyer. The word consume is what I use. So I said, at 420, when I put this fire to this joint, I was... That my method of consumption was through smoking, but when the when the federal park police were so rudely trying to take it from me, I changed my form of con- congest consumption <laughs> to to eating to edible. So I put the fire out and ate it, but in no way did I consume it. Matter of fact, I felt the effects of it just like I planned, like 20 minutes later. Mm-hmm. <laughs> so, <laughs> the judge had to find me not guilty of destruction of evidence, because I said, I didn't destroy anything. I said, if that's the case, every time you light a joint, you can say you're destroying it. I wasn't destroying it. That was the method of ingestion. So what about the other two charges? Were those then dropped? This this disorderly person, the the judge watched the video. You can watch the video, too. But the judge watched the video, and he said, hey, the guy looks pretty orderly to me. He doesn't (laughs) throw any punches. He doesn't yell. He doesn't scream. He just simply smokes this joint, and when you guys approach him, he eats it. 
Wow. So you won <laughs> a bench trial. So, yeah, so he threw that out. And then they couldn't prove that the substance that I was consuming was marijuana. Right. They didn't have the evidence. <laughs> So, yes, I, won, I, actually won, I actually won the case, and it was funny because all it's the funny, local press, right. you know, they, they ran with the story, you know, like local activists arrested on Liberty Bell for smoking marijuana. That's huge. Um, that, and, that, but, I mean, but, I have to say uh, Ed, that that's uh, that's, an, that's a great story because it is a great story. I mean, I've been to I've been to bench trials so many times uh, myself and other activists. Uh, I'm a Free State Project participant, so me and a bunch of other people have moved up to New Hampshire to get active. And of course, cannabis oh, is definitely well yeah. Well can, cannabis is one of my issues too. So uh, you may have heard of uh, some of the 420 <laughs> it's celebrations. More than an issue for you uh, that we had uh, here in Keene, New Hampshire. And I mean, I've just seen bench trial after bench trial where activists were found guilty. So uh, congratulations. And actually, winning a trial in front of a judge normally that's a pretty tough uh, road to hoe. Now you're actually sitting, you're in the middle of a trial right now, uh, and this is a jury trial. Uh, and I definitely want to get into some detail on that. So uh, you've said you can stick with us for a little bit, right? Yes. All right, yes. hang on. Uh, more here with Ed Fortune. He is the NJ Weed Man, and uh, we're telling his story. He's in the middle of a trial as we speak. It's going to deliberations right now, so we'll find out what that's all about. Uh, 855-450-FREE, and he's coming at it from a jury nullification perspective, which, if what happened up here in New Hampshire a few weeks ago is any, any indication, is certainly a possibility. Yeah. We may be able to have another jury nullification on the cannabis issue, and the, the last guy was uh, Rastafarian as well. More coming up. This is Free Talk Live. Bitcoins are a great idea, but you can't actually buy anything with them. Pish posh. Go to btcbuy.info. You can buy whatever you want from Amazon, including gift cards, Newegg, ThinkGeek, Barnes & Noble, and Sears. Use your digital currency for what it was made for. Buying things. You can refill your phone credits. They're as anonymous as it gets. Orders are processed fast and FTL gets a cut. There's even a video to show you how it works. BTCBuy.info. This is Free Talk Live. Bring up what you want toll-free at 855-450-FREE. It's the Sickle CAI toll-free line. Though, if you have a question for NJ Weedman, he is with us on the line. We're telling his, uh, what is a lengthy and detailed story. We certainly don't have time to tell it all because there's a lot that he's done. He's a big-time uh, activist who is not afraid to put his own personal freedom on the line to advance causes uh, in which he believes, like marijuana decriminalization and uh, nj weedman thanks for for sticking with us here because uh, obviously you've got a detailed story and it's all very interesting i appreciate your time tonight yeah no problem no problem well yeah i i actually have a wow yeah it's a long story multiple stories we're focusing on uh, the part that uh, is happening currently to you, though, and that is the uh, the second trial uh, that you're having. It is a another trial. You actually hung a jury last time, and the state uh, of New New Jersey, I believe, is bringing charges back around against you. What are the charges this time? You're in the middle of the trial. Kind of uh, bring our listeners up to speed. Yeah, well, on April 1st, uh, April Fool's Day, um, 2010, I got pulled over by a New Jersey state trooper. Um, a few hours after I um, arrived in New Jersey on a visit from from uh, California, uh, you know, like five years ago, I moved to California actually. Right. Um, but, I, but I still travel back and forth to New Jersey all the time. And when I came to New Jersey on April Fool's Day, um, 2000, um, I got pulled over by a New Jersey State Trooper who, who, after a search of my car, discovered my medicine, my marijuana, and my luggage. Mm. Um, you know, I have a doctor's note from California 
Um, New Jersey had just passed this medical marijuana law. Um, I felt that, you know, I had some legal arguments if I was caught. But either way, I wasn't trying to get caught. But either way, I got pulled over and stopped and um, and charged with possession with intent to distribute. Um, intent to distribute? That's yeah, that's basically because of policy in New Jersey. Anything over 50 grams, you'll be charged with possession with intent to distribute. Uh. Um, and they didn't factor in certain things about me, which, uh, you know, I, I'm sure they regret now. But, you know, the fact of the matter is I'm a, uh, I, I'm a cancer patient. I've been a bone cancer patient for years. Um, you know, I got diagnosed with bone cancer in, in, in 2000. It's, it's always a part of what fueled my advocation for the legalization of marijuana. Um, got it. So they went after you initially. You actually hung a jury, and that's because you – did you bring up jury nullification during the first trial? Yes. I, I, I've been admonished. Uh, you know, I've been, I've been ramming – got to use the right words here – but I've been ramming the, uh, the issue of jury nullification up the, up the kazoo of the state of New Jersey. Good. Um, and, it, see, in New Jersey, I have to tell you what they couldn't – they couldn't stop me today from just reading the New Jersey Constitution. Um, <laughs> New Jersey Constitution at Article 1, Paragraph 6, says this, exactly this. In all prosecutions or indictments, the truth may be given as evidence to the jury, and the jury has the right to determine the law as well as the fact. Yes, nice. So, so my argument to the jury is um, the law is wrong, not yep. I. I have, you know, I don't know what's wrong with the law. You, you tell me, but... I didn't do anything wrong. The law is wrong. That's my plea. I, I didn't do anything. Man, good for and you, you know for doing that. Yeah. And, and, and then I'm like, and you know what? <laughs> you have the right, as the power of the juror, to, to judge the law. Yep. And even though I've been told several times and numerous times in the rulings, it tells me I cannot say that to a jury today when I said, or yesterday, actually, when I said it to a jury in my opening statement. Excellent. Very good. The, the judge, no one, no one stopped me. I uh, I had my uh, a billboard which is, which is, I got a coup in this. I made a little um, exhibit which is basically a poster board with the New Jersey Constitution Article One Paragraph Six just spelled out. That was all it is, uh, so they can read it. And when I left, <laughs> when, when I left, I left it sitting right in front of the jury box, and I walked over and took my seat. It stayed there all day yesterday. At the end of the day, I didn't take it after. Hey, it's a great spot. Right. The next today when I came in it was still sitting there so the jury is sitting there with this in front of them that's what they're seeing all yeah. day long well plus they, uh, we, when we were talking about your story yesterday uh, Jim Babb from the Philly area I guess came down and hit the parking lot uh, or you know hit up the jurors potential jurors as yeah. they were going yeah. into the trial too so you got them on the inside and the outside of the uh, the courtroom that's and great it's, it's important when the message comes from multiple locations if it's you know if it's not just coming from you on the, the, the you know the stand and it's also mm-hmm. coming from somebody else that's in the parking lot it, you know people hear that uh, coming from different sources then that it makes it more more legitimate, and I think that's great news. And of course, oh, yeah. The, yeah, they're, so exactly. they're in deliberations right now. Then you're saying, no, what it is, we're having our closing arguments first thing in the morning. Okay, but we both, we are both the prosecution and I both rested our cases. How's your, how's the turnout, by the way? Supporters packing the courtroom. What's, what's it look like? Um, it was like about eight or nine today. Ugh. It's, it's no, it's, it's, it's the numbers are. A real light. I'm, I'm kind of disappointed, but I'm not going. I'm not going to. Uh, we got to get know. you up here to New Hampshire. You need to turn into yeah. the N- the NH weed man. Well, <laughs> yeah, I hear you. Well, I tell you what, though, the the um, the, the issue of jury notification is definitely getting out. And and I have to tell you what, 
Now, in this day and age, the 21st century, you know, every juror has access to the Internet. So my website, njweedman.com, if you went to it and looked at it, it's totally set up for the juries. It even says that the very first button you see is my all jurors click here. <laughs> go, go look. Now, now you know I, I, I've been getting, uh, you know, some people have said it in a negative way, called me a, a media whore or whatever. But um, you know what it is? Is I have a lot of uh, followers in the in the in the in the, in the media world. Who yeah, that's the, that's the a terrible thing. way to say it. They should just call yeah. you media per- promiscuous. Yeah, there you go. <laughs> well, no chastity belt on my senses. <laughs> NJ Weedman, I know you said you've got a group of supporters there with you. I know that uh, you probably would like to uh, to get back to them, but I would love to keep you know keep in touch. Uh, have you update us you know further after whatever the jury ver- you know presuming yeah. they don't lock you right in a cage uh, and you actually hopefully will win. Uh, oh you know, w- well, let me explain. I, I totally don't think I'm going to jail. First of all, I, I did hang the jury, hang the jury seven five back in May. This, this is the retrial. Uh, I think I put on a stronger case this time. Excellent. I'm pretty sure the jurors in this case have, have read. You know, in in this area of New Jersey, I mean, I've been in New Jersey weedman for like the last fifteen years. Right. They, they've been reading about me. They see me. I was the local boy who made it good when I went to California. I'm the favorite criminal around here. <laughs> I love it. All right, well, keep am, us in the. I'm the super. I'm the Superman to, to the positive here. I don't think I'm going to get convicted. I actually, I, I, I bet my last joint right now that I get at least seven on my jury for a hung jury again. NJ Weedman, um, will you will you keep us in the loop? Would love to continue uh, hearing from you about this. Sure, no problem. All right, Give me man. Call tomorrow night. I appreciate. Hey, uh, I if appreciate. I'm free, I'll answer the phone. Well, I appreciate. Uh, hopefully, it'll take them. Uh, you know, hopefully, if they come back with a verdict quickly, it will be a good verdict. Because a lot of times, yeah. when a jury comes back quickly, it's not a good, uh, good thing in my experience. But also, hope well, to get you maybe I... up here sometime this uh, in 2013. We've got the Porcupine Freedom Festival, which I think you would really enjoy. And yeah, I, know I think that, you'd probably enjoy some of the activities there. Yep, and I know well, that the Weeda Claus, uh, who is kind of our yeah. version of you. Uh, yeah, I know. I know him too. Well, just give me <laughs> an invite. Just give me an invite. Yeah, yeah we'll certainly do I that, mean. man. I'll, I'll see you on Facebook. I appreciate your time tonight and. Uh, enjoy the evening with your supporters. All right, thank you. That's njweedman.com. Thanks for your uh, call tonight. Appreciate hearing from you. Uh, 855-450-FREE. That's the SACL CAI toll-free line. So are we uh, coming up on another marijuana win in court, another jury nullification? This could be another historic uh, victory. I just love to see somebody who stands for something, and that guy stands for something. He sure as hell does. 855-450-FREE. The SACL CAI toll-free line. Of course, he'd probably have 40 or 50 supporters in court if he were up here in New Hampshire. It's Free Talk Live. If you want to move to the free state and you're looking for some real estate, well, I know a guy who's really great. It's the realtor Mark Warden. Do you want a home with 20 acres, a lakeside cabin, any takers for renters, buyers, and sellers too? Mark Warden is the guy for you. PorcupineRealEstate.com The 
This is Free Talk Live. Dial in, toll free, bring up what you want. 855-450-FREE, the SACL CAI toll-free line. You can join us online at freetalklive.com. We had a request come in about uh, differentiating between decriminalization and legalization. We can do that here in a moment. But first, SACL CAI brings you the phone lines here. That's right. SACL CAI, the uh, the guys that run that place over there, Mike and Jason Osborne, they're big supporters of Liberty and big supporters of Free Talk Live. Actually just called to uh, check in with them. Uh, Jason was having some health issues, but he's up and, and, and back in action. So uh, go support SACL CAI because they support Free Talk Live. You can see their banner at freetalklive.com. It's the top one on the right-hand side of the page. They do accounts receivable. If you've got a business, you don't want to do accounts receivable. They can do it for you. SACL CAI. Coming up, The Onion focuses on the debate last night. Uh, but first, we go to you and your thoughts here. Oh, and somebody called in to request that we mention the difference between decriminalization and legalization. So quickly, uh, decriminalization is where the government just kind of steps away from the prohibition thing. Right. Ends, just end prohibition, and that is decriminalization. Well, or decrim- any- Decriminalization can also be just the reducing of criminal charges. That's too. true. That's and, true. Um, like, so think of, a, think of it this way. Alcohol has been legalized. From prohibition, mm-hmm. whereas tomato plants are n- decriminalized because there's nothing criminal about them. Well, to say they are decriminalized would suggest that at they one point they've been criminalized. criminalized. They are not so, criminalized. Uh, so to decriminalize, as you suggested, is to lessen penalties or remove penalties. How about that? Uh, from the possession of or the manufacture of or the distribution of a product. Uh, legalization uh, connotates creating a uh, regulatory structure surrounding said product. And so legalization simply resorts, uh, results in a shifting of government bureaucracy, whereas decriminalization would, in theory, reduce the government bureaucracy surrounding whatever given product we're talking about. So under legalization, the government bureaucrats handling marijuana would go from being the police and the enforcers to some sort of a uh, regulatory agency that would then be the arbiter of all decisions like regarding the marijuana. ATF. Uh, or the whatever Bureau of Alcohol is in, in your state, you know, Alcohol Beverage Commission, for instance. Uh, so I hope that clears that up. Let's go to the phones and talk to Ty in Tennessee on the amp lines. Hey, Ty. Hey, good evening, guys. Hey, i got a curious question, a matter of curiosity. You know, unfortunately, there's like this thing they call the presidential race going on, and it's all over Facebook. And so you got both sides playing off of each other, you know, both status arguments going on. But I ran across one today that, one meme on Facebook that has me curious about where the idea even came from. And that's the idea that one of the jobs of the government is to create jobs and to grow the economy. Mm. Where did that idea come from in modern America? Well, I mean, I, there's nothing about that in any of the, of the sacred founding documents. So where did that come from? So I would say, um, I'm just guessing here, like anybody else would, is that uh, you know the government and the president specifically, less so, but specifically, because essentially the president gets the blame or the credit for everything that goes on in their four-year term. So during the, uh, the last four years of uh, Clinton, you had the contract with America going on. It was a very prosperous time. Maybe that had to do with uh, you know the, the Republicans in the House acting all libertarian. Ish, uh, you know, because they wanted to get somebody, in, uh, you know, a Republican in the White House, and, and maybe it didn't. Maybe it was a washover from some previous time. But um, you know, the, the the president gets the credit for or the blame for whatever's going on in their time period, uh, and it's erroneous, but that's the case. 
And also, uh, the government can certainly step in the way whenever, uh, you know, the government can make it harder to do business and they can make it harder to hire employees and they can make it harder to do all kinds of things. And most of them they uh, they're interested in is uh, when you're passing money around. They don't really care too much about the other stuff. But, you know, that's their thing. So the government, if it gets out of the way, can help the economy. It can create jobs if by create, you mean stifle the creation, uh, you know, stifle you mean stop less, stifling, st- stifle less the creation of jobs. Right. So that's not really creating jobs. That's simply allowing the market to create whatever jobs whatever it would, term normally, you want. would normally create. I think that it probably, in my opinion, Ty, just came from people believing politicians when they make promises. I mean, every time, every presidential race I can recall, you know, paying attention to as, as an adult or younger, uh, I've heard promises about creating jobs from, from those people. And, you know, obviously, they can't ever fulfill their promises because there's no way to for them to know you know what their actions will do and and how many you know jobs they will affect uh, but they make promises and people tend to believe these politicians for some reason sure and if, yeah, I wonder, go ahead go ahead i was just wondering if maybe this could be traced back to like the progressive movement when it first started around the turn of the 20th century when you know that that i think is when the the big government boom really started happening, you know, right around the time of 1913 when the Federal Reserve was created and the income tax was was created and, you know, everything just really exploded as far as what the government was doing. So I'm I, wondering if it, if it could be traced back to that. I think you can trace a lot back to, you know, Wilson's presidency and uh, a lot of the, you know, the, the progressive movement at that time, the zeitgeist around the world. Uh, you had seen, you'd seen the writing of the Communist Manifesto, Karl Marx and Engels going and doing their tours, talking about these things. The coffee shops of Europe are full of, uh, uh, you know, bearded uh, intellectuals sipping strong coffee and talking about how the world's going to be a better place when uh, you know whatever the communist revolution takes over that kind of thing and and that infected uh, a lot of the the young people and I mean when you can see how things went with in, in World War One and essentially we had a fascist nation if by a nation if, if by a fascist nation what you mean is that people were putting aside themselves and putting forward the nation that was the whole uh, the, the talk the narrative that was going on at that time well Nemi what were you going to say I, I was pretty much going where where Mark was we we really kind of shifted to uh, 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 government is the answer kind of and i would put it more around the hoover yeah. hoover era myself a little later pre pre-depression um uh, but i i don't claim to be right either fdr was in the uh, wilson administration he was working uh i guess department of navy at the time you know and i just think that it over time over the last hundred years he've really started moving toward a, a government is the answer and and government is the provider daddy yeah absolutely and a, a more of an entitlement Go ahead. Mark. I'm sorry. I, I, you know, it was interesting. I was just looking at some etymology. A listener sent it in, and you know, it's kind of in- interesting. The word authority comes from the French word for dad. Oh. Hey, guess what? That was me. Hey, <laughs> small <laughs> world. <Nicely done. laughs> Ty, what else yeah, did you anyway, want to share? I just want to say, next year, 2013, is 100 years of the Federal Reserve. Ooh. The uh, the Federal Reserve note. Uh, Compared to gold right now, let me see what gold went for something like seventeen hundred and forty dollars today, hmm. uh, something like that, somewhere around there. It's getting real close to two thousand. When it reaches two thousand, then the currency, the dollar, has lost ninety nine percent of its value. It's wow. worth one penny of a nineteen thirteen dollar. 
and you know, using gold as a standard. It may just reach that in 2013. It just boggles my mind. Yeah. You know, and how can anybody justify that institution? I, I just it, that really boggles my mind. Ty, anyway, thanks for the call that, tonight. I appreciate your thoughts. Eight five five four fifty free is the SACL CAI toll free line. Stephen is in Seattle. You're on Free Talk Live, listening on your Android. Hey, Stephen. Hey there. Um, well, I thought I'd call because uh, I'm. Now I don't have a radio show, but I often do get into debates on online with uh, basically what I call state worshippers, authoritarian types, and um, I, even I, you know, even though I do this often, and even you guys, and even guys like Gar- Gardner Goldsmith lose sight, and it's easy to do, lose sight of of the big picture. And the big picture, when talking about all this this uh, government stuff, is that um, uh, the the current national debt, when you include unfunded liabilities of the United States government, is somewhere between one and six times the GDP of the entire planet, depending on whose numbers you're looking at. Uh, it's a debt that literally cannot be paid. So it really doesn't matter, I guess. I mean, in a way, I guess what I want to say is... Well, hold uh, that thought. We'll come back really bring you, We'll bring you back here in a moment. You can uh, yes, clear that up in a moment. 855-450-FREE. More with Stephen. Your calls as well are welcome about what you want. 855-450-FREE. This is Free Talk Live. The three most important things you can do for Free Talk Live are, one, share one episode a week on Facebook or in some other social networking site. Two... Buy the things you buy online through shop.freetalklive.com. Three, give five bucks a month to the AMP program. It's my firm belief that Free Talk Live's AMP program is the best use of your charitable dollar among liberty-oriented organizations. Support all the organizations you love. But make sure you give five bucks a month to AMP at (laughs) amp.freetalklive.com. This is Free Talk Live. Toll-free number for you to bring up what you want, 855-450-FREE. It's the SACL CAI toll-free line. Coming up, The Onion on last night's debate, 1-855-450-FREE. With you tonight, it's Ian. Nemi. And Mark. And we invite you over to our website. You can head over to freetalklive.com. Listening options are available. We have live streams, broadband, narrowband, and Midband versions of the show, so different size, bit rates for different internet connection speeds. You'll find one that works for you, and it's all free over at listen.freetalklive.com. Also, you can tune in on over 110 great radio stations across the country. We'll be announcing uh, a couple new ones here a little bit later on in the show tonight. And uh, so that you can get a list of our stations over at listen.freetalklive.com. In addition to that, you can find us on XM Satellite Radio, where we're heard all seven nights per week. And we've got our KU Band free-to-air channel as well, plus the listen lines that allow you to listen via any phone that can dial long distance. Get all the details and get tuned in at listen.freetalklive.com. Now, Free Talk Live is brought to you by the Free State Project. I touched on it briefly uh, a moment ago when we were talking with uh, NJ Weedman about how it'd be great if you were NH Weedman because I feel like he'd get more support up here and it's you know at least nine people went out to his trial uh, today to support him that's better than you know the average trial where hardly anyone will come uh, but up here in new hampshire if you are an activist and you're in trouble i think you can count on if especially if it's a big issue like this one uh you can count on more than nine people showing up uh, for instance uh, weed claws had probably about was, 40 people at his trial and and there was one activist that was doing uh, jury outreach at his uh its trial and that probably, one activist by the way who was doing that jury outreach is a free state project participant right, by so. the way uh, and he lives in philly at this time so he has not yet made the move to new hampshire and that's just what's going to happen uh, look i'm sorry to everybody out there that is of the mindset of oh we can just free our state well 
The bad news for you is that your area is going to probably lose activists to New Hampshire. Because as things keep getting better in New Hampshire, as more activism continues to happen here, the best activists are going to naturally want to be around other activists. And so we're going to attract some of the cream of the crop up here and already have done so with nearly 1,100 people in state as part of the Free State Project. Over 13,000 signed members now just crossed that mark last night. And uh, so we want to get to 20,000 signed members. You can go to freestateproject.org, get signed up there, and join the fun. There's a lot to do, whether it's uh, doing civil disobedience, like uh, has been done a number of times up here, or doing politics, for instance. We just had a candidates forum that happened yesterday here in Keene that was actually put together by Free State Project participants. So had that not happened, there would not have been a general candidates forum even happening in this area. So uh, there's you know everything from politics to civil disobedience to outreach to media. Go to freestateproject.org. Get the 101 reasons to move to New Hampshire. If you love liberty, that is. If you enjoy the state and like the idea of controlling other people, you are not going to enjoy your time in New Hampshire. So please don't come here. Uh, 855-450-FREE. That's the SACL CAI toll-free line. We go back to Stephen uh, listening in Seattle. And Stephen, you were uh, trying to get to something, uh, but we had to break for the spot. Right. I, I can recap as briefly as, as possible. Basically, what it is is that guys like us that uh, tend to sort of get lost in the ancillary debates, which are important. It's not that they're not, you know, um, school and the drug war and overseas wars and things like that. But the big picture, the big picture that we should probably be pointing out as often as possible, uh, especially when we are accused of not seeing the big picture, which happens to me pretty much daily is that the national debt, when you include the unfunded liabilities of the U.S. government, uh, are anywhere between about uh, one and um, six times the GDP, depending on the numbers that you're looking at. Uh, there's one Harvard economist who's actually a Democrat, and he says the, un- the national debt plus unfunded liabilities, or when you include unfunded liabilities, I should say, and that is Social Security, Medicare, and Medicaid, is about $220 trillion dollars. Which is literally a debt that cannot be paid. It literally, Jesus Christ Himself could not come down and pay this debt, and uh, and that's the big picture. So pretty soon, I've heard it as low as like fifty to seventy-five trillion. But either way, it's a pretty tough. it's a pretty difficult uh, task to try to pay that off, and I don't right. feel and, like I owe it. I didn't. And, and the consent. other thing that you need to ask yourself is: is the government has grown this far, this uh, this quickly, uh, however long, whenever you think the government was the right size, is it going to stop? Are they now that they've managed to get something that looks like socialized medicine? Actually, it's a mandate to buy insurance. Uh, this mandate to buy medical insurance. Now that they've gotten this, are they going to stop growing the government? No. No, no they, they want far more. <laughs> so they're going to pile more debt on your grandchildren. At this point, your grandchildren are deeply in debt. It's your great-grandchildren. It's progeny you will never know that they are stealing from at this point because these people aren't voting for it. So taxation without representation is theft, right? I mean, this is what the Founding Fathers killed people with redcoats over. I don't want representation right. from them. I, understand. I don't want I'm their using, taxes. I'm just using the terminology. I don't want their debt. I don't want any of it. I don't, I don't want, want any, any of it services. either. But they're robbing I, people that don't live. Well, right, right. because they're, people they're keep going along with it. They're robbing people that aren't alive. 
No, yeah. they're, they're, they're really they're, getting away with it because people are letting them. I mean, really, uh, there are way more of us than there are of them, but they keep everybody scared because they've got s- prison cells and tasers. I'm not sure and, there are more of us than, than there are of them. Uh, the fact is, there are a lot of people out there that rely on Social Security I and believe that saying. that's their right. There are a lot of people that rely on Medicare and believe that's their right. There you're are right. a lot of people that rely on welfare Good and point. every other Government social mandate out there. These, you know, the, there Military are pe- industrial complex. Good lots point. of people that exist in the parasite class, whether they are the non- non-working type or whether they are the type that works in government bureaucracies yeah. or for companies You make that, a good case, Mark, which is the why the only solution is to get the hell out of wherever you are and come to New Hampshire so we can secede. I mean, really, you either sit back and watch all of this crumble and become, you know, and have your uh, economy and your personal savings uh, decimated because of that, or you can advocate for secession. I don't care if you can't make it to New Hampshire. You should be advocating for secession right where you are. That, to me, seems like the only viable solution because who knows how long they're going to be able to stretch out this federal government. I mean, I know we'd right. probably like to see it crash and burn next year, uh, but it's probably not going to. They've got some pretty good tricks up their sleeve. These guys, you know, they know what they're doing uh, when it comes to robbing people and uh, printing money and, and creating inflation and, and rewarding their friends and punishing their enemies. It's a system that's worked very well for them for a long time to the detriment of all of us. So you can either sit back and do nothing and watch it all crumble, uh, which it will at some point because no government lasts forever. Or you can uh, advocate for secession. And the sooner one state secedes, the sooner a second and third will. And then things will be very interesting at that point. Anything right. else you want to share tonight, uh, Stephen? Yeah, I, I just think that you guys said it all. And, and uh, I, I'm just, it's a constant battle with myself to remind myself to look at the big picture. But the, 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 the undisputable fact is that sooner or later, everyone is going to realize that we, people like us, we're right all along. Well, it's, thank you for the call, uh, Stephen. I appreciate hearing from you tonight. 855-450-FREE. I don't think I'm right about everything, but I do know that I'm not interested in consenting to the federal government and what they want and what they demand of me. I, I, don't, I, don't, I don't believe in them anymore. So I've stepped on the third rail of politics here by saying that uh, people with Social Security uh, want government intervention, that uh, you know, basically calling them socialist, which, of course, Social Security is a uh, socialist program. Uh, and I want to make it clear that, look, I understand the government uh, you know, re- required you to pay into Social Security and they gave your money to somebody else and that, that therefore that you can decide in your mind that that means that it's OK to take my money from me in order to pay for your retirement or for, or my son's um, you know, money from him in order to, uh, to, to pay for your retirement. But, you know, where does that give you the right? If somebody comes along and robs you. Does that mean you can go and rob me? No, you need to break the cycle of violence. Like, I understand why they would feel like they're owed something. They if, paid If somebody it. owes you, the government owes you. Yeah. Let the government sell the lands that it has out west That'd in Alaska nice. or something like they that. They own a lot of that land. Let them sell those giant aircraft carriers and all that those assets they have and pay you. I don't owe you. 855-450-FREE. Tom is in Hudson, New Hampshire. Tom, you're on Free Talk Live. Yeah, I just can't help noticing... Uh, in regards to a case of a wedding photographer out in New Mexico, that people who would go to a meeting of the hate-mongering bigots at Mothers Against Drunk Driving and uh, underage uh, the town hall meetings on the prevention of underage drinking to promote bigotry and state-sponsored unprovoked violence. Weren't you on these airwaves last week promoting bigotry? Yep, Mm -hmm. it sure was. I guess it takes one to know one, huh, Tom? They, they promote bigotry against people under 21, 
And then they howl about discrimination and hate speech against homosexuals. But see, given this double So why are you any better? I mean, you're the reverse, right? You think that uh, alcohol should be legal under 21, and then you, ha- you hate homosexuals. But I'm not advocating any uh, unprovoked violence against them, hiring gun-toting goons in bulletproof vests Fair to enough. intimidate them. So, that makes you, you know, a little bit better, ad- but you are still a bigot, right? I mean, this is I didn't actually hear the conversation. I haven't had a chance to listen yet, but as I understand, Nemi, you were here for that. Oh, I sure was. But but I, I thought about, but how about this? Uh, see, if she can't stomach taking pictures of these homosexuals that are kissing, that means that she's entitled to reasonable accommodation under the Americans with Disabilities oh. Act. Because <laughs> the, the, the politically correct... I don't know what he's politics. talking about. <laughs> he doesn't either. Uh, 855-450-FREE. Maybe he can explain it. We'll find out in hour two coming up. It's Free Talk Live. A science fiction comic adventure from Big Head Press. Quantum Vibe. It's year 2523. There are colonies on Venus, Mars, and Mercury. People travel in bubbles, fly at hyperspeed. With brain implants and artificial gravity. A scientific genius and his clever assistant set out on an adventure through the solar system on a secret mission to find the key to access new frontiers and save liberty. Quantum vibe. There's a robot girl and zany creatures made with genetically engineered features and corporate villains crave the opportunity to steal a profit from mother's ingenuity. A scientific genius and his clever assistant Talk Live. You can bring up anything you want. All you have to do is dial in to the toll-free number at 855-450-FREE. That's 1-855-450-3733. You can join us online at freetalklive.com. Enjoy the features that we share with you. You get to, if you like, control the content of the website. So if you find something online you think's fun, interesting, exciting, useful, newsworthy, you just submit it as show prep over at freetalklive.com. It then appears on the upcoming stories page of the site where it will receive votes. And it will either receive upvotes or downvotes. And the more upvotes it receives, the more likely it will be placed on the front page in the top of freetalklive.com. So go and get interactive with you in studio. By it's, the way, you can get your friends to come, sign up for accounts, and vote up your stories. You could. Uh, you could very well do that. So anyway, uh, here with the studio with you, it's Ian. Nemi. And Mark. Uh, we're going to go to The Onion on last night's debate here in a moment. But first, we're going to go to your phone calls. And by the way, Tom dropped off the line uh, from last hour, the very end of the hour. He'd called in, and he started referencing something. According to my board op, he changed topics midstream into what I guess he was talking about last week, which is why I was confused, And because Mark and I were not here uh, Wednesday, and He's you a, were. Yes. He, um, he called in, and he has an issue with uh, something going on in New Mexico with a photographer who's been fined by the government for refusing to take um, pictures at a gay wedding. And so we talked about that last week. And Tom seems pretty pretty interested in what other people do with their own 
you know, in their own bedrooms and, mm. and with their own sexual parts. And so I was, <laughs> I was looking forward to seeing what he had to say this week. I don't think any, uh, I don't think that there, any photographer should be fined for that. No, I think that was the general consensus. Yeah. You know, here in New Hampshire, we had a very similar thing when when gay marriage was was legalized, quote unquote, and, and people wanted uh, the exception to not serve them. And I think that if um, someone didn't want to serve me, I don't think they should be forced to. And I, I, th- I think that, you know, if someone doesn't want to take pictures of, of gay gay weddings, then they shouldn't have to. But I think if I were I don't think it's okay, in, though. Yeah, right? I, like, I, but I would want to know. I right. would certainly want to know that that person is. I want to know who the bigots views. are. So exactly. Yeah. I want to know who the businessmen bigots are so I can avoid doing business with those people. So I find that information valuable. Yeah, absolutely. Uh, but I wouldn't prohibit them from doing business in the way that they, they think is best, even as bigoted as they might be. Uh, but I guess Tom revealed uh, his bigoted tendencies within that phone call. Oh, sure. Yeah. Sure. That's sad. It's too bad. Eight five five four fifty three makes me wonder about Tom, you know, because a lot of time the uh, the people who are Tom's protesting, been making people wonder for years. Tom, uh, you know, a lot of a lot of times those who protest the loudest uh, are the ones that uh, have something to hide. Yeah, we we also addressed that yeah. last week as well. All right, eight five five four fifty three. We go to Jim in uh, Daytona, and I say, Tom, you know, come out of the closet. It's okay. There are people out there that care. Uh, you know, we I don't have any problem with gay folks. In fact, uh, most of them are very friendly, and I I've really enjoyed the relationships i've had with them i just i have i feel badly i feel sense of compassion to people who have hatred in their heart yeah it's, you know, it's sad it's, it's sad to me no. let's uh, continue on here jim in daytona listening online at talk stream live hey jim uh yeah a couple of things the first one quickly um um dr walter williams of george mason university uh, he says the national debt the actual national debt is about 110 trillion okay and um is that without uh, or with the unfunded liabilities? Right, with with the unfunded liabilities, which, so, which it has to include that. It's it's like saying, well, my mortgage is only 20000 but then I'm not going to tell you that I also have 100000 in credit card debt. Mm-hmm. I mean, it, it, it has to be included. I, I called in on a local radio show a few months ago here in Daytona and brought this up to the show host, and he uh, literally got violently angry and said i've seen the national debt clock and that you know national debt is only 15 trillion <laughs> sure uh, let me hung up on me and, me and you know I, I don't understand why this idea of the unfunded liabilities i mean we, everybody knows that there are some unfunded liabilities the question is how much are there mm. and then when you look at these sort of dispassionate third parties that are saying it's over 100 trillion um everything goes off the charts then when you start figuring what the actual interest cost would be if we were actually funding those liabilities like we should be, um, what that would actually cost. And if this was done in a private business, you would go to jail uh, for defrauding people because everybody right now that's paying into Social Security is being defrauded. Everybody paying into Medicare is being defrauded. Um, I mean, in so many ways, the government who put, you know, Bernard Madoff away is millions of times worse of than course doing the same thing right and, mark did and, you have something you wanted? yeah i want to make sure that people understand the difference in these terminologies here okay so some people believe that there was no national debt under clinton at uh, one point because no, there it was, was def- a, a deficit there was a budget surplus at that point and what a budget surplus is like is when you have a thousand dollars worth of debt every month and you made eleven hundred dollars that month 
then you have $100 in your budget surplus. So, you know, you had a certain amount to pay off in the budget, and they actually had some money left over, which went for debt service. The debt was tremendous under Clinton, and it has only grown exponentially. The $15 trillion number that we're talking about is the national debt as it exists today. This is the money and the the principal and interest that we sort of owe and are paying on. Now, these unfunded liabilities... I don't owe it. Okay, fine. The United States government owes and is paying on as a stealing from you and everybody else to to pay and is claiming your labor um, as their own, uh, as their their property. So these unfunded liabilities are things that don't exist in the world of debt in the sense that we're not paying interest on them. They're things that we must pay in the future. So That the government has uh, claimed to have an obligation to pay or is expecting to pay. But, of course, they really don't have any obligation whatsoever. Right. If, so, if things continue as they are expected, then the amount that will be paid will be the unfunded liabilities. So, yeah, I mean, you've got these things out there like Social Security and uh, Medicaid, me- Medicare pay- payments that are going to have to go to old people in the future. And those things uh, make up this, what, $120 trillion is what Walter Williams says? Yeah, well, he says $110 trillion, But the other thing too, that, that I'm going to add uh, is – that this does not include the individual states on funded liability. Uh, oh, yeah. It also does not include <laughs> private businesses on funded liability. Well, right. We uh, already know that uh, states like Illinois and California are in a big, big financial bind right now because they're into unfunded, they're into actual debts of billions of yeah. dollars because they can't. They've run out of money. Right. They've run out of cash and they operating, uh, exp- you know, their operating expenses are more than they've got right, coming so, in. So every. Every one of these states is what you would call a mini Madoff scheme going on, and the government is the Madoff, and then all of the states are the mini Madoff, and then the juniors to the mini Madoffs are the individual corporations that, uh, in many cases, don't fund their future pensions and, and other obligations properly as well. So, Jim, what do you think is the solution? How about uh, how about secession? Uh, yeah, well, I'm 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 with you. I mean, there's got to be something like that. Just shifting gears to a question, though, I started with Bitcoins just today. Oh, I opened congrats. Up the, I opened up the Bitcoin wallet using the link from your website, and then I made my first uh, uh, foray into buying Bitcoin. So I, I took the $20. I said, I'm going to start small and see mm-hmm. how this goes. So I ended up down at a CVS uh, store on a red telephone talking to somebody that sounded like they were in India yep. working this out. And then I went back to the cash register and paid them what was $23.95. And yep. then I got a $20 receipt. And then I came home and in my Bitcoin wallet were my Bitcoins for almost $20 in value, like $19 in, in some value. And I just want to confirm, is that, did I do that right? Is that the way that That's what done? I've done. I mean, you can do it different ways, right? So you could have gone to a bank and deposited money at the bank. Because you, you had to, to give some information, um, right? Yeah, that that was my, kind of my second question was they they were asking me, what is your name? What is your address? Yep. What is your phone number? And that sort of made me concerned about the you know anonymous benefit of the Bitcoin. You could have BS'd them if you'd wanted to, and they would not have had any way of verifying that information. 
But uh, Mark says that when you go to a bank, I've yet to try this because every time I ever want to get Bitcoins, banking hours are, are not happening. But uh, you can apparently go to a bank, Mark, and just deposit money in an account. Yeah, I didn't get asked for an ID. So there are different ways to do it. But, you know, if you're on that red phone uh, with the MoneyGram people, you could just, you know, you told John Smith if you wanted to, and they wouldn't know the difference. So I thank you for the call. Congrats on jumping into right. the uh, Bitcoin world. Much. Jim, I appreciate hearing from you. 855-450-FREE. That's the SACL CAI toll-free line. And I imagine he was using Bitcoin. Instant. It sounded like he was. Uh, we can tell you a little bit more about them here in a little bit. You can take control. Bring up anything. This is Free Talk Live. Got vampires? Zombies ruining the neighborhood. From weapons expert Larry Correa, a new installment in the New York Times bestselling Monster Hunter series, Monster Hunter Legion. Publishers Weekly says this lighthearted testosterone soap sequel to 2009's Monster Hunter International will delight fans of action horror with elaborate weaponry, hand-to-hand combat, disgusting monsters, and an endless stream of blood and body parts. Monster Hunter Legion. On sale now wherever books are sold. This is Free Talk Live. You can bring up what you want toll-free at 855-450-FREE. It's the SACL CAI toll-free line. And join us on our website, freetalklive.com. If you've got some Bitcoins, you want to send some our way. Even if it's .01 Bitcoin, you can send it our way because Bitcoin's cool like that. Uh, You can do that over at bitcoin.freetalklive.com. That's where you'll get our address for the Bitcoin tip jar. But you have to have Bitcoins in order to send them. And uh, if you would like to get some, you can do as our last caller did and go to bitinstant.com. Yeah, what's one of the things that's really kind of interesting about Bitcoins is it makes – because you can send and receive money without having to pay any fees, it makes it really easy to do micropayments. Mm -hmm. If you wanted to send – I don't know how it works, Ian. You do better than I do um, how PayPal works. But if I wanted to send a dollar to somebody um, to – you know, maybe maybe somebody's running a fundraiser. If you can imagine if you can just get, you know, a whole bunch of people to send you a dollar, which is really nothing to them – PayPal will take at least 30 cents of that dollar. Yeah, so it takes a, a large percentage of that dollar. Um, whereas if you wanted to send a dollar through a, you know, BitInstant, or excuse me, uh, with Bitcoins, is all you have to do is send like 0.1 uh, Bitcoins yep. and you know, it goes over there and that's what they get. And so they get all of it. Yeah, pretty much. Uh, No, they they get all of it. Do they? I I haven't. I I thought that basically some transactions have a small, small microscopic Uh, little fee on it. Nope. You can opt into a point. I think it was point zero one last time I looked. Uh, a point zero one Bitcoin transaction fee. It was less fee. than that. But, uh, yeah. Yeah, it might be less than that now. It used to be point zero one when Bitcoin was not worth as much. Uh, but uh, now you can you can whatever the amount is. It's a very small amount, but that's an opt in. You you don't have to you don't have to do that. That goes to like support the Bitcoin network or something right. like that. But that's not required. So if you want to get Bitcoins, and I think it's a great idea what uh, the gentleman who just called in is doing, is, is get, you know, get some Bitcoins um, and, and you know, add a little bit every week. It's relatively easy to do. And you don't have to go through MoneyGram, which is at the CVS and the 7-Elevens and Walmarts and places like that. You can go through banks, uh, you know, just major banks, drop in there, get a, de- get a deposit number from bitinstant.com, drop into the major bank, uh, put some money in an account. You don't have to give any information, and they'll be in your wallet, like he said, when you get back. It's bitinstant.com. They've got more than a million locations uh, in more than 30 countries. Bitinstant.com. 
So, uh, coming up here tonight, uh, we've got all kinds of interesting things to tell you about, including a dove dinner, getting a man in trouble. Nemi will explain what that means. But I've been mentioning that The Onion had some commentary uh, about last night's debate, and uh, here it is from TheOnion.com. Nation tunes in to see which sociopath more likable this time. Hempstead, New York. According to reports, millions of viewers across the country are, were expected to tune in to tonight's town hall-style presidential debate. Obviously, this was published yesterday uh, at Hofstra University in order to determine which complete and utter sociopath <laughs> they find more likable this time around. I'm very curious to see which one of these two clinically sociopathic individuals will present the most convincing and authentic approximation of an actual human conscience tonight, said Cincinnati (laughs) area voter Miranda Herrick, aged 40, adding that both candidates, like all successful politicians, were undeniably skilled at such calculated artifice. I think whoever is able to best manipulate me into thinking they experience normative emotional states such as empathy and regret will probably have my vote come November. So I'm excited to see what happens. That's great. It's f- funny. The, Here on the show at one point I said it's the, uh, the our quadrennial event uh, quadrennial event of pick your favorite sociopath. So, uh, yep. you know, I, I think that this is, you know, this is a great joke and they're, they're taking it so much farther. The debate figures to be especially important for undecided voters, 91% of whom said in a pre-debate poll that they were still waiting for one sociopath to win them over with the perfect combination of superficial charm, diluted grandeur, and pathological lying. (laughs) According to polls, viewer consensus following the first debate suggested Mitt Romney had performed a far more convincing impersonation of someone with real feelings and a capacity for human passion. Voters praised the former governor's ability to conceal his complete social disconnection and underlying hostility behind a wall of colloquial rhetoric and an approximation of warmth. They described as <laughs> they described as much more realistic than Obama's. Last debate, Romney was a great sociopath, said Florida voter Jeff Yu, age 28, who remarked that the Republican candidate's impressive ability to to simulate the appearance of caring had improved markedly since the beginning of the campaign. He looked very comfortable and confident up there, even against a seasoned sociopath like Obama. He really helped me ignore the reality that to him, as to any politician, social interaction is nothing but a never-ending game of deception and psychological subterfuge, the only object of which is personal gain. Wow. Following Obama's Scathing. Yeah. Follow, following Obama's noticeable hesitancy during the first debate, many of his supporters expressed worry that he was struggling to affect emotional normalcy with the same single-minded cunning and feigned humanity he exhibited in 2008. They agreed the pressure is now on the president to show that he has not forgotten how to callously manipulate the American public into thinking he is anything at all like them. I want to see the same beguiling sociopath who four years ago conned me into believing his psyche was somehow differently wired from every other charming sociopathic politician who'd ever lived, said Obama supporter Phoebe Greenwald, age 48, or 43. What happened to all his seemingly earnest, though of course meticulously contrived rhetoric about hope and change that made us all like him and think he was in some way psychologically healthy and well-adjusted, which of course no human being in the history of modern politics ever has been. Obama just needs to do what sociopathic Vice President Joe Biden did last week, Greenwald added. I mean, he masterfully out-sociopathed Paul Ryan, which is no easy task, believe me. No matter the outcome of tonight's debate, sources agreed that the most talented sociopath will likely be elected in November, and depending on what kind of support he might receive from like-minded sociopaths in Congress, will then spend the next four years satisfying his malformed brain's ceaseless thirst for power and glory. That just about sums it up. Yeah. 
It does, doesn't it? I wonder what it would be like. <laughs> I love if, the onion. If you could get your family to read this, you know, like the the people in your life that don't the Republican quite, or Democrats in your family. Yeah, the people that don't quite get it when it comes to the the liberty movement. I mean, I think that they'll be amused by and largely agree with what they see, right. at least about the other candidate. Yeah. I wonder about that. Because That's a good can, question. You can easily convince a Christian that um, you know Zeus and uh, Athena are not real. Yeah, but not. Their and daddy you could God. easily convince a Democrat that a Republican is a sociopath. But I don't know. Are you going to be able to convince the Democrat that the Democrat is a sociopath, or the Republican that the Republican? I don't know. Maybe maybe they could see it in the moment that they read the article, but then at the end they might just go back to telling themselves, "Well, we've got to have one of them, so we better have so and so." Lesser of two evils. Oh, well, I, right. I I understand completely why somebody would make whatever choice when it comes. I don't care what choice you make on election day when it comes to which vote you put your call um, put put in the, the the column. I think the best thing that you can do is uh, you know vote for. The libertarian candidate, because if we can get enough people to vote for the libertarian candidate, it will make it seem like a third party is possible in the United States, and there yeah, might be that's another a, that's choice. That's a pipe dream, Mark. Agreed. That's uh, that's what I'm saying is the best use of your infinitesimally small a vote. But uh, you know, other um, than that, I'll be voting principle this time around. I'll be voting for none of the above, uh, which I will now have the ability to do, as will all New Hampshire voters. How's that? Uh, thanks to the New Hampshire Liberty Party, which is a, a brand new uh, political organization that was formed a couple months ago here in Keene. Uh, Daryl Perry, who is how many uh, signatures did it take to get you guys on the ballot? You will not be on the ballot. It oh. will have to be a write-in vote. Oh, I see. Uh, so but, I could vote for Captain America. But the no, 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 no. But the Captain America does not count as a no to vote. Uh, the Liberty Party, New Hampshire Liberty Party, has actually succeeded, as we understand it, uh, in making it so votes for NOTA will be counted. I can explain how it works here in a moment. I got to hear this. 855. Sounds like another cockamamie four, activist. 453 1 3733. You can take control. And if you support secession like I do, how can you vote for anybody for president? More coming up. It's Free Talk Live. You can listen to Free Talk Live on the radio, podcast, satellite, webcam, and our live streams. But did you know you can listen to Free Talk Live from any phone, anywhere? Add this number to your phone, 213-493-0308. It's a long-distance call, so make sure you're familiar with your phone's calling plan. The Listen Lines are airing the latest episode of Free Talk Live 24 hours a day, including our live shows. Call 213-493-0308. That's 213-493-0308. This is Free Talk Live. Toll-free number here, 855-453. It's the SACL CAI toll-free line, 1-855-450-3733. You can join us online at freetalklive.com. Enjoy the features that we have there waiting for you, freetalklive.com. With you tonight, it's Ian. Nemi. And Mark. And don't forget, those features include the webcam. You can watch, you can listen, and interact. Chat room built into the same page. You can go there, chat with other Free Talk Live listeners during the show or even after the show. Uh, It's there at all times. Over at cam.freetalklive.com. That's cam.freetalklive.com. If you're looking for camping, hunting, survival, or shooting gear, manventureoutpost.com is the place to go. Everybody's looking to get ammunition, and they've got the ammunition that you need at manventureoutpost.com. And they've got it at the best price. 
They've got all kinds of outdoor uh, gear, and they've got the name brands. And like I said, the best price, really. This is the thing I want to stress about ManVentureOutpost.com. If you're interested in out, uh, outdoor gear or you have somebody in your life that is, this is the place to go. You're going to get the best prices. You're going to get the name brands. It's it's ManVentureOutpost.com. They're family-owned and operated, members in good standing of the Better Business Bureau, and you can get an additional 5% off with coupon code FTL. This is a big percentage when it comes to the really tiny margins that they have at manventureoutpost.com because that's what they you know, that's how they make their living. So you know, they they sell it the best prices to you. It's manventureoutpost.com coupon code FTL for the five percent off. Manventureoutpost.com coupon code FTL. All right. So we're talking about writing in none of the above as an option for president, uh, which is something that New Hampshire voters will have the ability to do. And they should have their votes counted. Now, Mark, you said isn't that the same as writing in Mickey Mouse or Captain America? And no, the answer is that it is not the same. If you write in Captain America on the ballot in New Hampshire, I don't know about the rest of this, the country, but your vote will not be counted. There will be uh, what they will – or it won't be tabulated, I guess, or it will not be reported in any way, shape or form. You could, you could not ask the voting uh, – the secretary of state afterwards, how many votes were cast for Captain America? They will not calculate that information. Basically, there are certain write-in candidates who are essentially certified as write-in candidates, and then there are then there's everyone else. So when they're calculating write-in votes, they calculate the certified people. They actually tally their numbers. But if your candidate hasn't gone through a you know a process of being a certified write-in candidate, and Captain America has not, nor has Mickey Mouse or Donald Duck. So therefore, all those other write-in votes are basically who the calculated, hell would vote for Donald Duck? They're basically calculated as other. So there's no way to get that information. So what's happened is the New Donald Hampshire- Duck has an anger management problem. I guess you're right about that. All you that. have to do is watch that guy. I mean, he's out of control. Uh, so anyway, the New Hampshire Liberty Party at nh-liberty.info has uh, been formed just within the last two months here. It's uh, got almost 100 likes on Facebook uh, at this point. And uh, hopefully we'll see it be the uh, the, the fastest-growing third party in New Hampshire at, at some point. It may already be. Uh, but basically the idea is – and I hope I can explain this. It's from Daryl Perry's post. We've had Daryl on the show a few times uh, as as co-host here, so longtime listeners might be aware of uh, of who he is. But basically what happened is we've officially nominated a presidential ticket of Dale Nota Everett because in New Hampshire you can have a, a nickname on the ballot. So you know you could be Mark whatever nickname you want, uh, you know, Angry Man, um, you know, Edgington. Slippery leg. At that point. And uh, so you can pretty much put whatever you want within those quotes. So Dale Everett, who's the host of Flaming Freedom, is on as the presidential candidate. And Emberly McCullough is the host of Voluntary Values. Uh, she's on as the vice presidential candidate. And their nicknames are Nota for Dale Everett. So Dale, Nota, Everett, N-O-T-A being none of the above. And then Emberly's nickname is Liberty. So Emberly, Liberty, McCullough. So let me get so this anyone straight. that votes for N-O-T-A or Liberty or Emberly or you know Dale Everett, anyone who votes for any of those things will have their vote tallied now, for none of the above. Didn't you run for office with a nickname, none of the above? Mine was Nobody. Mine was going nobody. to be uh, Vote for Nobody, Ian, Nobody. Uh, and and they my wouldn't legal last let name. you do that? That's right. They wouldn't. Uh, they disqualified me from the ballot. And actually, they unregistered me to vote after that, which was great. I'm <laughs> wow. glad they did because I then re- re-registered to vote under the name Ian Freeman. So it actually ended up working out. Because <laughs> so, you can't just go and unregister to vote. Just so you know, if you go and try to walk in, at least here in New Hampshire, if you try to walk into the city clerk's office and say, yeah, I'd, uh, I'd like to unregister to vote. I'd like to have my name removed from the voters' rolls. They'll tell you to go take a walk. 
So if you go wow, and you, really? Yeah, you can't do it. Russell Canning tried to do it years ago. Interesting. Yeah. So if you go um, to the voting booth, it is, I'm just trying to get this clear. Yeah. Now, you ha- it's a write-in registration that you guys have done. It's not an actual voter registration because your names won't be on the ballot, right? That's correct. Names so, will not be on the ballot. Now, what if I go and I write none of the above in? I don't know if that will count. So NOTA, NOTA is what you have to, to write what you would have to write. I see. Yes. So uh, how are you going to get together all the people that might vote none of the above and tell them that NOTA is the way that they're going to have to It's going to have to be word of mouth. I mean, we, we put the word out over at nh-liberty.info, also freekeen.com. It's been blogged about there. Uh, but, you know, if, if the word gets around then and people want to, they can actually vote the principled choice, and that is none of the above. Then they can feel good about uh, casting their vote in the presidential election if they're not feeling good about voting for Gary Johnson because he's just not principled enough. Or if, like me, you're a secessionist and you don't consent to the federal government, this might be a good way to register kind of a protest against the, the whole concept in the first place. So that's what's happening here, and I think it's an interesting development. I think it's better to uh, because uh, one state's votes don't really matter to the national news. You might as well put your votes behind the libertarian candidate because then you'll get a bigger percentage. And if people actually believe the libertarian candidate could win, more people would vote. I've voted for years for the libertarian candidate, and they've never gotten a bigger percentage. I understand. No year has been like this year. My one vote for Noda isn't going to make a big difference in the libertarians' vote column either. I hear you. It's not going to. But uh, you know, the more people that vote for NOTA, the fewer people that will vote for the Libertarian. You, I'm not saying you can vote for NOTA anywhere but New Hampshire. Right. If you vote for NOTA anywhere else, it will not be counted uh, because no one's gone. There is no whatever Liberty Party in your this state. This is, after all, a vote for the President of the United States. And if your candidate isn't on the ballot in you know at least 40-something uh, states, then you don't really have a candidate. No, it's a protest vote all the way. Let's go to Bill. He's in Jackson, Mississippi, listening to w, uh, WPBQ. Hey, Bill. Oh, hi, guys. Uh, just a little comical note, I guess, on the uh, the subject of none of the above. Back in the 70s, so it went in uh, San Francisco, there was a certain gay activist, and it was a guy, and he, he uh, wore a, a nun's habit, and uh, his <laughs> name, well, he went by Sister Boom Boom. And for a certain election, he actually went through a name change to become None of the above. <laughs> That's hilarious. And it would have gone through because I think it was about the first time that anything like that had been had been tried. And so he tested the legal system, and so no, they, they couldn't really find any way to to deny him that name change. Unfortunately for him, he couldn't get it done in time to, to be printed on the ballot. Oh, but he man. Was, he, was, he would have been there. <laughs> That's hilarious. Where was this? What state was that? Uh, it was in California. It was in San Francisco back in, in the 70s. Wow. It reminds me you of that guy. That. <laughs> it, it, it reminds me of the guy in Austria that uh, was, uh, you know, made, fought a big court battle in order to uh, be able to take a driver's license picture with a colander on his head because he was uh, of the Pastafarian religion, which is uh, worshippers <laughs> of the uh, the flying spaghetti <laughs> that monster. Is fantastic. Did he win? Yeah, yeah, he did. Oh, that's good. <laughs> There's a picture of him out there. Go look for Austrian colander and you will find that at a google image search and you'll find this guy with a colander Bill, th- to the side of his head thanks for sharing that anything else on your mind no that, that was all i could appreciate all I could the call sir thanks. thanks for making it tonight let's continue kelvin's on the line on the amp line say kelvin in colorado hey uh hi Nelly, ian and mark hey Evening. what's on your mind tonight uh on this uh voting for uh none of the above or or uh, what have you i'd like to, to weigh in on that uh, 
you know, I I was a, uh, a big Ron Paul supporter, and the way the uh, the Republican apparatus treated him uh, angers me so much, and I'm so bitter about these guys that I'd like to see the Ron Paul people switch and vote for Gary Johnson. And the point is, is that if enough people vote for Gary Johnson, and that the media will report his vote, and if the election is so close that those people would have affected, you know, the... Uh, Hang on, yeah, we'll bring you back here in a moment, because I'm interested in, I don't know, the question about whether the media would report Gary Johnson. And at what point would they? 855-453, you take control. Free Talk Live. The three most important things you can do for Free Talk Live are, one, share one episode a week on Facebook or in some other social networking site. Two, buy the things you buy online through shop.freetalklive.com. Three, give five bucks a month to the AMP program. You like your friends. You like Free Talk Live. Like your friends enough to share something you like with them. Help Free Talk Live get into more ears. Podcast listeners are the most important area of growth for Free Talk Live. Please share one episode a week on Facebook. Toll-free number for you. Bring up whatever's on your mind. 855-453. It's the SACL CAI toll-free line. Join us online. Freetalklive.com with you here tonight. It's Ian. Nemi. And Mark. Uh, Once again, you can join us over at freetalklive.com. You uh, can enjoy all the features we give away to you. Those other talk show hosts, they want to charge you for their websites. And that's just not going to happen. Mark, you uh, were talking with one of the guys that we met at the talk radio convention the other day because they were pitching to us uh, some you know revolutionary new system to deliver your archives to people. Of course, we're on SoundCloud, and we're pretty darn happy with SoundCloud, so it would have to have been a really good pitch. And uh, they basically pitched you on, well, if you want to come on with us, we can lock up your archives and make it so no one can access them unless they pay you. And that was uh, yeah, pitch, no, yeah. that's not the way we do business, so we're not going to be changing to their offer. <laughs> because Free Talk Live has had archives for free since day one. Since before podcasting even existed, since before podcasting was even the gleam in the inventor's eye, uh, Free Talk Live has had uh, MP3 archives online and free to download. So those are going to remain free, and you can get as many of you as, as you want over at freetalklive.com. And if you like the fact that we give all that away, then you might want to do some shopping with us. You can go to shop.freetalklive.com, enter Amazon through the links you'll find there. There's Amazon US. UK and Canada. You click into the right Amazon for you and then just do the shopping as you normally would and feel good because you're getting a great deal because it's Amazon. Huge selection. (laughs) Used items even. And you're helping Free Talk Live at the same time because when you enter Amazon through shop.freetalklive.com, Free Talk Live will get a portion of the purchase price. It's that simple. So shop.freetalklive.com. As this we, is true on uh, Amazon gift cards, too. And that's right. So you can give them to, you know, if you can't figure out what you, gift you want to give your you know, friends and family this year, you can give gift cards. Let's go back to Calvin in Colorado. You're saying vote for uh, Gary Johnson. Why again? Uh, because if uh, Gary Johnson gets enough votes, uh, so it's perceived that he tipped the election one way or another, or it, uh, then he it shows that uh, 
the third party people had an effect. What percentage and, do you think uh, would would it take for Gary Johnson to actually show up on mainstream media voting results? Uh, three to five percent. And typically, I think, I think the Libertarians more. get like 1% or something like Not that. Not even. The, the Libertarian Party back in 1980 received 1% of the vote with Ed Clark, uh, which was their most popular candidate of all time. Ever since then, they haven't even really come close. I think Harry Brown uh, pulled like 600,000 at one point. Uh, so like half a percentage maybe is uh, is basically what they've been getting as of recent times. They thought they were going to do better with Bob Barr in 2008 by watering down the message of liberty Bob Barr did not do in, in, in any statistically significant amount better than Harry Brown. Uh, so it remains to be seen how Gary Johnson will play out. You'd like to think that the more social media becomes popular, that the more likely it is that people will actually vote for the Libertarian candidate. Uh, and social media is certainly more popular today than it was in 2008. But it didn't obviously didn't help Bob Barr. But then again, he was Bob Barr, and uh, that could have been that the, didn't help him either. The, yeah, that could have been the biggest problem there, considering he didn't even know what he wouldn't know liberty if it smacked him in the face, which of course liberty would, <laughs> liberty wouldn't do because liberty would not aggress. Uh, but the, my point being. You know, I hope you're right. I hope that there is some point at which the mainstream media would report uh, a libertarian candidate's vote totals. But I agree with Nemi. I think yeah. that it would be a much higher percentage because otherwise they'll just uh, pretend like it was just not important. Whoever that, right. like, if it was nine, you know, if it was ten percent that voted for Gary Johnson, they would just report that uh, Mitt Romney won with forty percent of the vote yeah. uh, or something like that. But, but wouldn't that make actual news? And wouldn't somebody reporting that be like? Breaking something that's important and not, or, or is that just assuming too much? That I think they that's assuming really too much. To Considering the uh, <laughs> yeah. ridiculous effort they went through to ignore Ron Paul and yeah. the huge amount of support that Ron Paul had, it would not surprise me if they ignored Gary Johnson right on up to getting fifteen percent of the vote. Well, they'd have to. Uh, they they couldn't do that with Ross Perot. I mean, at, there's at some point that they couldn't uh, couldn't avoid it. And where did the rest yeah. of the percentages go? You know, they'll just let you ask that question. They'll just report the two main players to the plus minus. And, yeah, that'll be it. Margin but of if error. It's close, if it's close enough that uh, people start looking at the factors of what could have swung it one way or another way, that's a good and point. There, there's a. I may just know, be being a, cynical, a Calvin, and you might be absolutely people. right. I don't know. Also, um, one thing that the the biggest news in third partydom in a couple of decades was uh, Ralph Nader got five hundred and something votes in Florida, and uh, you know what's his name Al Gore lost by one hundred and thirty seven. Mm-hmm. Ralph Nader cost Al Gore the election. So I mean, if there's and that was five hundred votes, Ian. That's a significantly less than uh, you know percent one percent point right. of the uh, the popular vote in Florida. So. You know, it's quite possible that your your vote, and as far as the libertarian candidate, can make some difference in, on the news. Everything all right there, Kelvin? <laughs> it says GPS. Yeah, my uh, GPS is just talking to me. Uh, yeah. So anyway, that would that would be uh, that would be good if the, it had to come out that what you know why this happened, or a little analysis of gee, uh, Ron Paul voters were you know disenfranchised and. Look what happened. They they went for Gary Johnson, and they, you know, might have cost this guy or that guy the uh, election. And maybe we should uh, pander more to the uh, the Liberty people. 
You are a dreamer, Kelvin, and maybe you'll be right. Uh, we'll see what happens here in a few weeks, and I You're thank you for the, the call one. tonight. Appreciate hearing from you. 855-450-FREE. That's the SACL CAI toll-free line. So, Ron Paul, this is a question I have never looked into. How many people voted for him in the primary slash caucuses? Oh, I couldn't give you that number. I bet there's somebody out there who could. I bet that there's some, you know, Ron Paul person who's run those numbers and they've, you know, paid attention every single time to what the totals were. I bet you it was a million. I'm just going to say it was probably a million people. A million? Okay. What do you think? You think that's realistic? I don't know. I mean, he had a lot of support. There yeah. were a lot of people turning out to support him at various different campaign events and, and such. Obviously, they're Republican primaries, so Democratic supporters would probably not have been able to vote for him in most cases. Well, you, Ron Paul came in, what was it? Was it second or? He was number one, wasn't in New he? Hampshire? In New Hampshire on second. the Democrat ticket. On the Democrat ticket? No, he was second behind Barack Obama. I wasn't including Obama. <laughs> yes. But wasn't yeah. he second in New Hampshire? Yes, he was. If I, you include Obama, he was second. But in both on both tickets, did he come in second on both? Ooh, I don't know. I know. It's, it's, he did very well in New Hampshire. Yeah. New Hampshire, he did better as far as vote totals than any other state, as far as I understand. So, uh, you know, just to say, but the point I was making, though, is that if there are a million people who voted for Ron Paul, if Gary Johnson can crack the million vote threshold, I think that'll be some ins- I think that'll be some proof that Kelvin is right and that Ron Paul voters turned and voted instead for Gary Johnson rather than casting a vote for one of the two well, major Gary parties. Well, Gary Johnson's a lot more palatable than uh, Bob Barr was. I mean, Bob Barr was just your average Republican. Gary Johnson yeah. is a very fiscally conservative Republican and rather socially liberal. So he fits yes. the definition of sort the of— The dude wore a peace t-shirt in the zombie ad. Yeah, a, ma- a sort of a mainstream libertarian. Um, I mean, you know, he's he, he fits that criteria. Is he a principled libertarian? By no means is he. But so what? There are, you know, he's certainly not the first or last candidate. Uh, Ron Paul included, who ran in, uh, for the libertarian, I think, in 1988, uh, that was not completely a principled libertarian candidate. And I, I think the people that, uh, you know, want to slice that piece of cheese that thin, well, fine, that's their, that's their vote. They should do what they want. But it doesn't seem worth it to me. All right, toll-free number here is 855-450-FREE. That's the SACL CAI toll-free line. That'll be the indicator for me. If he can crack a million votes, that'll be a big deal. Libertarian Party hasn't done that, I don't think, since 1980. Uh, that'll, be, that'll really show that he's, he's had an impact. I think it'll show you, and I think it'll show people who are watching, but it won't show, it won't show up in the mainstream media. No, I agree with that. I think they're going to do everything they can, as they usually do, to keep Gary Johnson and Jill Stein and all of the other third-party candidates out of the mainstream media as much as possible. There can only be two. I, pres- I presume Jill Stein has been uh, released from jail, but I have not seen that news. I was kind of looking around for it. I imagine she has. Likely her supporters bailed her out, but uh, she was arrested last night at the debates. It gives me an idea, Nimi. Instead of this you know, incessant debating that goes on, three different debates and this, uh, this voting thing where everybody gets disenfranchised, why don't we just give them swords and let them fight it out in <laughs> uh, like the, 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 the Superdome, and the one that managed to lop the other one's head off it's is like the winner. Ce- celebrity death. Match. Yeah, yeah, like there can be only one. That's I mean, that would be right. really awesome. By the way, I got the numbers here uh, from Wikipedia of former Libertarian Party presidential candidates. Nice. Harry Brown hit 0.5% back in 1996 with 485,000 votes. His uh, turnout was actually lower in 2000, where he only hit 0.36 with 384,000 votes. Badnarek in uh, 2004 got 397,000. Bob Barr. 
up to 523,000 in 2008. And Bob Barr had the benefit of all the social media and, you know, the internet more so than Harry Brown or Michael Badnarik did in 2000 or 2004. More coming up. Hour three is next. Hi, I'm Richard Grove of TragedyAndHope.com, and thanks to the help of Mark and Ian here on Free Talk Live, we've created this call to action to help raise awareness for John Taylor Gatto. In 2001, former New York City and State School Teacher of the Year, John Taylor Gatto, published The Underground History of American Education, detailing how public schooling creates obedient workers and debt slaves. Now John delivers a message which he calls Your Birthright. It's titled The Ultimate History Lesson, and it's a five-hour journey illustrating how and why our public schools are dumbing us down and what we can do about it. Therein referencing more than 200 footnotes and 30 classic texts. John suffered multiple strokes in the weeks after filming this interview, and he's in need of your help as he continues to recover. Please click the banner on freetalklive.com and enter the coupon code FTL and we'll send you the ultimate history lesson on four DVDs plus a free 15-hour MP3 bonus DVD. Thank you for tuning in and not dropping out. This is Free Talk Live. You can take control of the airwaves. Toll-free number 855-453 is the SACL CAI toll-free line 1-855-450-3733. And you can join us on our website at freetalklive.com. Enjoy the features we have there for you. Unlike those other talk show hosts, most of them want to charge you for their sites. We give it away, so go and enjoy. At freetalklive.com with you tonight, it's Ian. Nemi. And Mark. Or maybe it's today where you're listening because uh, some radio stations take the show at a, a different time from when it airs live and they still uh, will put it back on the air at whatever time pleases them, which is fine with me because uh, anything that can get more free talk live out there, I approve of. And so I want to welcome our brand newest affiliate, which actually is an old affiliate. Uh, KBZZ is on board again. The buzz. Yeah, The Buzz out in uh, Reno, Nevada, 96.1 FM, 1270 AM, The Buzz, which uh, they now have an FM translator, which is great news. Last time we were on The Buzz a few years ago, uh, it was only an AM station there. So now more people than ever can listen to The Buzz and hence Free Talk Live because we're now on there every single day of the week uh, during the week, weekdays from, I believe, 2 to 3 p.m. Pacific. So Do welcome like Reno. Yeah, welcome aboard. So we do the show live from 4 to 7 Pacific uh, in the afternoon. So if you want to hear yourself on The Buzz, call in our third hour, the 6 to 7 p.m. Pacific hour, and you'll hear yourself the next day. 855-450-FREE. That's the SACL CAI toll-free line here. We go to the phones. To the Christian anarchist, Gene from Tennessee, you're on Free Talk Live. Hey, guys. I wanted to talk to you about fake terrorist attacks. Okay, sure. Because there's this guy that... uh they're claiming was attempting to blow up the Federal Reserve Bank in New York City. That's right. And it's the same story every single time. I listened to a 30-second blurb on the news, and I already knew the entire <laughs> the entire bottom line of the story. Some, some poor sap who doesn't like the U.S. came over and was angry and maybe lost family members, who knows, but he said he liked al-Qaeda. So what did the FBI do? They... Swing in there, and they say, "Yeah, yeah, we hate Al. We're with Al Qaeda too. We'd we'd love to see something blow up." So they give him, they provide him with a van, provide him with a fake bomb and a cell phone, and then they say, "Here, go park this over there and call this phone number." And then of yep. course they sweep in and pat themselves on the back. Man, we're heroes. We just saved a hundred 
people from death in New York City because this guy wanted to blow things up. Right, even though without the FBI's goading, the guy probably never would have done anything. He's armed, funded, uh, you know, instructed. And encouraged. And encouraged by the FBI. Right. So so they they got 1,000. If you read the fine print, it says they got 1,000 guys, 1,000 police officers just in the anti-terrorism task force task force for New York City. I mean, it's just absurd, the money and the wasted resources they're putting into this stuff. Oh, right. but Gene didn't... If, didn't they don't want, if, if you don't want people from around the world coming here to blow things up, then, hey, I got an idea. Get your troops out of their countries. Yeah, that would work. Yeah, that would but, be a nice thing to do. But, hey, Gene, did you hear the other story about the FBI? They apparently thwarted a bomb plot against Home Depot. <laughs> Yeah, I saw that one, too. I didn't read a lot about it, but, I mean, it, it, I don't know if they provided the bomb for that one or Right. Not, we but. didn't get the – there weren't a lot of details on how the bomb, you know, got there or who placed it. But in this case, uh, the stu- story is from CBS New York out of Huntington, New York, where the claim is the FBI has foiled a bomb plot targeting a Home Depot on Long Island. Law enforcement sources said Wednesday a person had been taken into custody, but that person was later later released. So clearly they apparently had the wrong guy. Authorities have been trying to determine if the person should be charged on a state or federal level. On Wednesday afternoon, police responded to a report of a suspicious package at a Home Depot in the Nassau County town of Elmont. Police said they are beefing up security at area Home Depots now as authorities continue to analyze the device from Monday's incident. Person taken into custody uh, was taken into custody hours after sources told CBS2 that a pipe bomb was planted inside the store on or near a shelf where innocent people could find it and get hurt. Wow. Now, I'm no bomb expert. But all the pipe bombs I have ever seen or have seen on video a wick. have a wick. They have to be, you know, Lit. something has to be uh, done to instigate the bomb into exploding. You don't just find a pipe bomb on a shelf at Home Depot and, whoa, oh, and all of a sudden it blows up. Right. There's likely not a timer attached to it. They're not, they, didn't, they didn't kind of describe whether or not this was some sort of uh, nitroglycerin bomb that if you drop it, it's going to explode. No, pipe bomb does sound like kind of the traditional chemicals in a, you know, in a pipe in which you to then light. And yeah. And yeah but uh, so just finding a pipe bomb on the shelf it is if it is a traditional style pipe bomb would not put anyone in danger because it would be inert without the explosion factor well would, i can yeah. just by listening to that i can imagine what may have happened there's some you know home depot sells plumbing and they got pipes and they got fittings and i can imagine somebody just took a piece of pipe screwed some fittings on the end of it and maybe wrapped some wire around it or something and stuck it back on the shelf and they go oh my god a pipe bomb you yeah know? It could very well be. And since they don't know, since they apparently don't know who the culprit is, that's what makes me think that it's Although not Although they can't FBI. figure out whether or not to, tra- to charge the culprit that they don't know who he is because they released whoever, somebody else with a state or federal level. What? Who cares? Yeah. So it would seem to me that if the FBI had set this one up, that they would already have their man, so to speak, as they have in all these other examples because they put them up to it, basically. <laughs> This one sounds more like a prank or something. It, it does, although the, you know, the claim is now that uh, Home Depots are being targeted by some terrorist plot, and now there's uh, security being cranked up at Home Depot. Because you know the terrorists really have a vendetta against Home Depot. Look, if, if terrorists want to attack a crowd of people, they can go anywhere, whether it's Home Depot, shopping, you know, busy shopping mall during the, hol- the upcoming holiday season, mm-hmm. or a local sporting event with a Little League game or something Airports like that. Airports have lots of people in them. 
So this this well, whole let's respond to uh, what happened after the fact and then act like we're doing something about it is just ridiculous. I mean, okay, so you're going to crank up security at Home Depot? I'll go bomb I've another this, store. I've made this point before on your show that there are no terrorists in this country. There, there just aren't because we've had how many years since 9-11 now, 11 years, 12 years, and there has not been a single successful bombing. There hasn't been any death. Well, uh, and it's very easy to drive down the street and blow up a school bus. I mean, all, it would be so simple. Yep. Any fool can make a like pipe that. bomb. The guy yeah. that uh, the guy that drove drove his Bronco or whatever it was into Times Square, he was a pretty much a legitimate terrorist. Now, I'm not saying that there's a lot of them. There's certainly, you know, it seems to be one out of ten of these people seems to be really legit. And we'll never know if the ones that the FBI has put behind bars are legit or not because they supply them, they train them them they instigate them and they um you know they give them they even fund them but there's no more mark i mean there was you know guys shot some folks from a clock tower many years ago too uh there there are always crazy people willing to do crazy things but for the most part it's not something you have to be concerned with well there are crazy people out there that want to hurt others but they generally don't have the resources to do it the people that have the resources to do it are not going to do it because they've got too much to lose this is the same scenario that they always have. They get some dumb person who doesn't have resources to do it, Mm -hmm. that's just angry at the world, and they provide them with fake resources, and then they say they caught somebody. And it's just to scare everybody else. You're absolutely right, Gene, and I thank you for the call tonight. appreciate the thoughts. I really have to wonder, the the quote I heard on the squib I heard about this earlier today, it was from the New York City Police Commissioner saying that this latest terror plot means that the city was at 15 plots and counting since 9-11. Now, how many of those were... Were ginned up. Right. Created by the FBI. Agent provocateur. Yeah, exactly. And I agree with Gene. If there were a, a terrorist threat in this country, you'd see terrorism happening on, on an even an irregular basis. But that's not even occurring. And it's not hard to build a pipe bomb and or any other sort of bomb. There are plenty of bomb building plans on the Internet. If people actually had it uh, in their mind to go and do these things, they'd be being done. And there'd be nothing the government guys would do about it because there's no way for anybody to get the intel on well, some guy building a pipe bomb in his garage. I don't like the absolute, there is not any, there's none of this going on. Well, there is some of it because really? the guy the guy drove into Times Square with a bomb. Does in his that mean truck. the guy in the clock tower was also a terrorist many the years guy, ago? Okay, um, sure. Yes, he was. I don't. I don't agree with that because yeah. we. I was just reading in the New York Times a couple of weeks ago about um, a state Supreme Court ruling on a gang member who had been charged with terrorism. You know, mm. conspiring for terrorism, and no, it's not terrorism, I don't think. But Why this... not? I want to find out more about that yeah, in a moment here. 855-450-FREE. What is and is not terrorism? Are things that were not terrorism in the past now terrorism because terrorism has a different definition? 855-450-3733. This is Free Talk Live. In every age, a technology is created that upends the foundations of society, the wheel, the printing press, the internet. Now, in a world sliding into financial chaos, a new technology is changing the way monetary systems work around the world. It is called Bitcoin. Bitcoin is a new form of money, controlled not by banks, governments, or corporations, but through mutual commerce between free individuals. To learn more, visit WeUseCoins.com.
This is Free Talk Live. Bring up whatever you want toll-free at 855-450-FREE, the SACL CAI toll-free line. You can join us online. Head over to freetalklive.com. Enjoy the features we have on the site there for you. Uh, They are free. That's freetalklive.com. Mobile site included. Go to m, as in mobile, dot freetalklive.com from your mobile device and get quick access to Free Talk Live's live streams as well as our podcast and software that you might need if you don't already have it that'll let you tune into those live streams. All of it's free at m.freetalklive.com. Tonight on the Edgington Post, uh, you can go and uh, get the Edgington Post by going to soundcloud.freetalklive.com. I interview John A. Allison. He is the new president of the Cato Institute, former uh, CEO of BB&T, and he has written The Financial Crisis and the Free Market Cure, Why Pure Capitalism, that's bolded, is the uh, world economy's only hope. I think it's very exciting to see uh, John in charge of the Cato Institute. And you can go get that at soundcloud.freetalklive.com. All right. So, uh, Nemi, we were talking about terrorism a moment ago and and how it's defined. Because, Mark, you were suggesting that the uh, clock tower shooter, whose name was Charles Whitman uh, back in the 1960s, that he was a terrorist. And I think that uh, we have to differentiate between crazy person going and killing massive amounts of people and someone killing people or enacting attempted you know, killing of people for the purposes of political change yeah. or social change. I, th- I think you have to I think there's two criteria to be a, to being a terrorist. And, uh, you know, I, I agree with you on this. A, you have to be sane. Uh, at least some, you know, somewhere on the the continuum, uh, close enough to sanity to uh, be called sane, and uh, B, you have to wish to use violence or threats of violence in order to get your, uh, you know, whatever social or fiscal or economic or political change it is. That Why you do you think you have to be sane? Think you have to be sane for that. Well, I think that because it's insane to kill other human beings. I don't think it is. Uh, sanity is a, a sufficient deviation from the norm, and the fact is that the average American, uh, you know, supports uh, agenting out their violence to the but government. They don't realize that. So what? Well, no, there's a, there's a difference between accepting that you have engaged, you know, engaging in. Are violence. you saying that everybody who's in the military is insane? I don't understand what you're getting They at. pick up guns and they do what they're told with them. That's a violent act. I would say that is a bit of insanity, yeah. Okay, well, then, to, then to kill another have, human being you don't have an harmed you is, is pretty crazy. No, you don't have a sufficient... Well, you know, for one, they're on the battlefield. You may have the perception that somebody's harmed you, whatever. So, I mean, once you've decided that there's a perception that somebody's harmed you and it's in self-defense, then it's, it's sane, then? I can understand it. I can understand. And we are talking about some very difficult uh, you know, lines to draw Okay, that's here. why I'm saying sane. Well, I, I think that it, if I needed to define it, uh, the um, Texas shooting would not be um, terrorism because of the intent that underlies it. But, however, the two guys that were going crazy and, and sniping people in D.C., that was definitely terrorism because that was their intent. They intended to terrorize people by randomly shooting someone over the course of three weeks, mm-hmm. you know, put... I remember traveling in D.C. when that was happening, and it just made people insane. It made people crazy, just very scared. But what were the, what was their? Uh, did they have a goal, or did they just want to terrorize people? Um, it was something to because the the classic definition of terrorism, uh, according to Dictionary dot com, the number one definition is the use of violence and threats to intimidate or coerce, especially for political purposes. So it doesn't have to necessarily be for political purposes, but didn't typically D- it is. Didn't the DC snipers have like uh, Muslim names and there were, you know, Yeah, Muhammad I think was uh, uh Muhammad and Muhammad. uh Malvo. It was mm-hmm. John Malvo. Malvo. I, was, I was thinking of it. It was a kidnap. 
kidnap children for the purpose of extorting money from the government and to set up a camp to train children how to terrorize cities with the ultimate goal to shut things down across the United States. This was their goal? That was their goal. Okay. They must have, if you want to shut things down around the United States, you must have a reason for it. Whereas than- the, the guy in Texas, um, his spree started um, from a point where he want, he didn't want his um, his mother or his wife to suffer. It was it, it, that. There you go. It's it's sanity right there. He's just wanted to spare them whatever he he thought was coming to them later in life. You know, I, I think, think that he a stabbed crazy, his wife to death. Actually, I think a crazy person can be a terrorist, but I think that they're a subgroup of terrorist. That mm-hmm. is the crazy person subgroup, and that their motivations are different. And I, I don't think that uh, somebody wishing to use violence to uh, achieve their goal makes them crazy. So uh, I, I get what you're saying. Uh, I think you're right. Maybe because it's so common that it's not crazy, but I, I still think it's uh, it's right. insane. C- to crazy kill other is a sufficiently uh, is a sufficient deviation from what's considered normal behavior. If, if normal, if what is normal is insane, then it's still insane. Right. By my books. You know, maybe just because it's normal. The black helicopters really are out after that guy, and the rest of us are crazy. But the fact is that we don't think they are, so therefore he's crazy. So, uh, so I guess we've resolved that question at this point. So. Uh, so just because somebody is engaging in a uh, an attempt to hurt a massive amount of people does not necessarily make them a terrorist. And so I don't know if I'm going to go and say I, like I don't remember what the uh, the truck guy in the was, New York was. It was all because about. of the occupation of the Middle East. Was it? Yeah. I mean, this guy is a this guy is the terrorist that they were talking about, mm-hmm. and the FBI didn't catch him. That's right. So and I the mean, FBI, by the way, important... didn't catch the terrorists in D.C. that Nemi was talking. This about. is the thing that. I, for one, that I think you do the disservice, and Gene was doing to some extent a disservice by sort of this generalized statement that if, you know, granted, if the FBI hadn't been ginning up people, we would have far fewer quote unquote terrorists that have been caught since 9 11. I don't know how many of these people that they have uh, ginned up would have gone on to do whatever it was that they would do. I would say very few. But yep. there has at least been one guy okay. since then. But that doesn't justify any of what they've done because, as you said, they didn't even catch that they guy. They didn't catch him. If Look, if they want to stop terrorism, it's easy to stop terrorism. Don't go in and mess with other people's countries. Yeah. Those people those people want to have uh, control over their own destiny and their own countries, and they should be able to have that. All right, so changing gears here, uh, Nemi, you were going to share with us a story about a man and a dove. A man and a dove. A Texas man is in hot water with the law after cooking cooking and eating a dove that had flown into the side of his house and broke its neck and died. Being dove hunting season in Texas, Ryan Adams thought it was a stroke of luck when he discovered the Texas white-winged dove right next to his home in Pflugerville. This is the Uh same bird that hunters pay buckets of money to go out and shoot, he said. They take their time, and I just got one for free. Adams decided to do what he thought any aficionado of wild game would do in his shoes, cook the dove for dinner. Why not? I have never had such fresh meat before. I had meat that had come to me that was fairly fresh that had been slaughtered the week before, but never like that day, Mm. he said. But according to Texas Parks and Wildlife spokesman Stephen Lightfoot, that was the wrong thing to do. It is illegal to possess any wildlife resource that has not been taken legally, Lightfoot explained. So the government government of the state of Texas owns all of the animals. Now listen to this. What's the difference 
between the king's forest and the king's deer. At, at one point, uh, I believe this was the whole, uh, to some extent, this had something to do with the whole Robin Hood story. Because at one point or another, uh, you know, game was becoming scarce on the little island of, uh, of Great Britain. And people would, you know, people ate food that they caught and uh, you know you would get it was a hanging offense to be caught with a deer because that deer belonged to the king and they wanted to be able to hunt it themselves or whatever Mm -hmm. they didn't want uh, the peasants out there uh, diminishing the amount of game because they really enjoyed going out and hunting it so what's the difference between the state of texas claiming all the animals for itself and the king claiming the deer for themselves well if he had had a hunting license and had the appropriate weapons and ammunitions licenses he would have been just fine oh so he can pay the king in order to hunt the that's king's right. animals all right so, so i'm sure you back do that more. back then too i want to learn more about the case here yeah. and then we will share in moments and also your thoughts are welcome 855-450-FREE this is free talk live The three most important things you can do for Free Talk Live are, one, share one episode a week on Facebook or in some other social networking site. Two, buy the things you buy online through shop.freetalklive.com. Three, give five bucks a month to the AMP program. You likely buy all kinds of things online. Amazon is the largest online retailer. You can get what you need at the same prices with free super saver shipping by going to shop.freetalklive.com. Please do your online shopping at shop.freetalklive.com. This is Free Talk Live, and you can take control of the airwaves toll-free, 855-453. The SACL CAI toll-free line. Join us online at freetalklive.com, and do enjoy the features that we have waiting for you there. Once again, freetalklive.com. You can, of course, grab archives if you'd like. Mark, you mentioned the Edgington Post episodes, which are available through our SoundCloud page, but also you can get years' worth of Free Talk Live through that very same page as well, or right at the top of freetalklive.com. The last seven days' worth are easily downloadable there. Uh, if you want, you can click over on under Listen and Share to the SoundCloud link there at freetalklive.com to go way back and get years' worth of the show. It's all completely free, freetalklive.com. So, Nemi, you were telling us about uh, a man who just minded his own business at home. Apparently, a dove went ahead, flew, uh, flew right into a closed uh, window or door, yeah, sliding just, glass yeah. door, yep. something like that, as uh, birds tend to do. Uh, they it said t- the side of the house. Yep. Oh, it was the side of the house? That's what the story even, said. I can only imagine it's glass. Yeah, it had to have been. Usually it's glass. They think it's open. They I mean, I don't see in. why a sliding glass door wouldn't be considered the side of the house. It I is guess. the side it of the house. I guess. It technically is. So they fl- uh, he flew in, died as a result of the impact, which is typical for birds. And, you know, if you aren't the hunting type, like I'm not, if that happened to me, I'd pick the bird up, throw it away. And uh, that would be the end of that. But he decided he was going to eat said bird. Yep, cook it. And write a blog about it, and that's actually what got him. I was going to say, how did the government yeah. find out about this? He admitted it publicly, and now they're coming after him. Yes, that's right. And the state is saying it's illegal to possess any wildlife resource that has not been taken legally. By legal means there are certain means and methods. You have to have a hunting license, and you have to have the appropriate weapons and ammunition. So, had he had a hunting license? Gone out and shot the bird, then it would have been legal. Correct. If it had already died, he'd have to put a bullet in it just to make it legal. I don't know. I, you know, <laughs> he said Adams would have had the right to eat the bird if he had legally hunted it, and since those wow. weren't weren't the circumstances, he should have turned it over to a game warden. Ridiculous. So instead of throwing it away, Ian, you should have called the game warden. 
Because I totally have read all of the Texas statutes, and I know, uh, you know, as a Texas resident, I'm not, but, you know, if I were, or I've read all the New Hampshire statutes, and I know all the hunting laws exactly. in and out. I mean, it's so so absolutely absurd for anybody to believe that anyone could possibly have known this. Right. So now he's being investigated, and the evidence— Oh, he's not been charged yet. Uh, uh, He's—no. Ah, he's no. being investigated. Investigated. So he's getting state-hassled mm-hmm. while the evidence in the case has been eaten— uh, he did post step-by-step pictures of his Epicurean Dove oh, cookout so on his blog. So, yeah. So, the, he's just twisting in the wind, waiting for them to decide whether they're going to send oh him to jail gosh. or not. Isn't that crazy? Yeah, it is. It's pretty nutty. I mean, you know, what do you what do you do in this circumstance? I mean, how, how is this guy to know? Well, it probably would also have been illegal had the bird uh, died and he threw it away. But, it, you know, you're not going to blog about how you right. threw away a bird. Right. His, so no one would have known that. His real problem here is is that he was trying to share information with friends on the Internet. Right. Wow, this is crazy. I hope that he does not take – I hope they don't charge him and that he takes a plea deal on this and that he'll actually, you know, go to court. Yeah. Because I think he's got a really good case. And the pictures, I mean, the blog, it just makes it look like a little tiny chicken. It looks That's so delicious. Looks like, yeah. Sure. yeah. Absolutely. You know, it just it blows my mind because where I, where I work, we have birds flying into the, into the windows plenty. Mm-hmm. And it, it just strikes me as, as funny that you might be hassled by the state for picking up something that died on your property right. and eating it. Not that I would necessarily do that, but... It's, it's a lot of work. I mean, we had 10 turkeys out at my, uh, you know, my, my wife's wild flower patch, and it's a good-sized thing, today, uh, eating the seeds, I guess, from uh, per- wild turkeys. Per- wild yeah. turkeys. Yeah. And sure, you know, I mean, if I perhaps owned a firearm and uh, went out and shot one of those turkeys, or two or 10, then I'd have to clean them. And I mm-hmm. really had no interest in doing that. I went to a friend's house on Sunday and participated in their chicken processing uh, party that they had going on. But to, that's, <laughs> that's an event and it's, you know, somebody else is taking care of the messes to some yeah. extent. You know, to me, I just want to know how to do these things. I don't actually want to do these things. I just want to, you know, keep my that's hand good to in know. It. But yeah, this is as ridiculous. This example here is as ridiculous as the the Northwest story. I think it was uh, the Oregon, where was it? Oregon, one of those states where the state basically claims to own all rainwater, all naturally occurring right. water, and so therefore, if you collect rainwater, well, there's criminal charges involved with that. At the right. very least, with rainwater, you can say, well, what the effect is? You know, well, well, I mean, yes, if all the farmers are collecting rainwater, and then we could, you know, that that rainwater belongs to people down the line, and the reservoirs won't have enough for. Or whatever you can talk about effect but here you know oh my god if everybody ate all the dead doves that flew into their windows then what would it be anarchy i mean like yeah. you know whatever the claim is it's insane i mean this is a dead dove giving it to a game warden isn't going to bring it back to life i mean it's it's not going to make it uh, the game warden if the game warden's either going to eat it which would be stealing the man's dove or yeah. he's not going to eat it and which is a wasting the man's stolen dove it's just a huge this is just control out and out control it's and control. it's sick let's and go fear to, totally yeah. too let's go to the phones here uh jd is on the line listening on uh, i guess xm yeah xm channel 166 Excellent. how you doing hey jd what's on your mind tonight hey i just wanted to let you know i'm on my last trip for this company i'm driving for and i would be sad but i can't be Congratulations. Um, I, feel, I feel good because I stuck up for myself. I told these guys a couple weeks ago in writing, I said, please don't ever put me on a Monsanto load because I won't haul it. And you would think that if they were going to fire me over something, they would have done it two weeks ago when I wrote that and handed it in. No, 
on this trip here a couple weeks later, they said, well, J.D., we got a Monsanto load for you. And I said, no, you're just you're kidding, right? And they said, no, we're, we have a Monsanto load for you. And I said, well, you must probably think that I don't mean what I say when I say I won't haul that, but I won't haul that. By the way, hmm. just to preface this, this is a non-forced dispatch company that I drive for. What's that mean? Meaning that I can turn down loads. Okay. Oh, However, excellent. For, for some reason... They've decided to fire me over this issue. Wow. Now, it, by fire, you mean you're fired? You're an employee of the company and you're I fired? Am I am literally in the truck headed back to the terminal right now. I have about another 60 miles to go. Well, then you've got... And then I, I'm done. You I have get, to turn the truck in and I'm done. You've got 99 weeks of unemployment that these people have to pay for? I don't know. Uh, <laughs> I told them, I said, if you come up with a decent severance package, I might not sue you. Seems seems very like a very strange situation. So wait, it are is. you on well, a? Is I the worked for these guys for three years? Yeah, about five years ago. Apparently, they don't like reliable employees. Because the, the the day after my birthday, they were stupid enough to hand me a piss cup. So I said, "No, I'm I'm not going to piss in your cup." I said, <laughs> <laughs> Whoa, we gotta go. Can't let you say that on the air. Sorry, man. Oh man, he can't say f you. He did say f you, didn't mm-hmm. he? I think he, yeah. he said truck you is what I believe he said. He's a trucker. Did he say truck you? I'm pretty sure he said truck you. If he said truck you, then I apologize for uh, for dropping the call, JD. But uh, thanks for the call. I appreciate hearing from you tonight. He did and not uh, say truck. Good, good for you. That's a trucker. That's it was hard to hear stuff. because we were already laughing over the uh, the peacup comment. Uh, but yeah, so I just have to be careful. I know we're on XM and everything, but we're also on regular radio stations that are licensed by the FCC, and so therefore we have to be careful about that sort of thing. I, I'm sorry to all the truckers out there because. I know that I know what they sound like on CB, and uh, a lot of truckers do uh, enjoy peppering their their uh, sentences with the f bomb. I enjoy peppering my sentences with the f bomb. Yeah. Come on, but you you don't do it here. No, right. so, you asked me not to. Uh, so eight five five four fifty free. That's the SACL CAI toll free line. Truck a whole bunch of that. Um, in other news, Truck you, Mark. <laughs> let's see here. Uh, you know, Mark, you had a, a handful of different things uh, to talk about here tonight, but uh, you're welcome to pick one of them. In other news, the Pirate Bay has moved to the cloud. We've talked about how the Pirate Bay is the most reliable of all of the torrent sites out there, the websites that are catalogs, basically, of torrent files in which you can download uh, said files, and then those will point you, your computer, if you have a torrent program, to various different things like movies, music, uh, you know, games, software, that sort of thing. And the governments of the world do not like the Pirate Bay, and they've done what they can over the years to try to shut them down. But now they've made it harder than ever. That is, the Pirate Bay folks have. Uh, and this, by the way, is uh, is after the news that they have arrested one of the founders of the Pirate Bay. Gottfried Svartholm has been arrested and is facing possible Again. charges in Sweden. Uh, but they're still going with the Pirate Bay because you can take one person out, but that doesn't end the idea. Uh, so we'll continue here. We'll tell you what they're up to. 855-450-FREE, the SACL CAI toll-free line, 1-855-450-3733. You're welcome to call in about anything, but you can't say the F-bomb. We're coming up. This is Free Talk Live. 
Do you have a website or product that you make available to people nationally or even internationally? Free Talk Live is heard on more than 100 radio stations and two XM channels. FTL has also been voted five times the best political podcast of the year and four times been named to Talkers Magazine's Heavy 100 list, the 100 most important radio programs in the country. We can do ad packages for you from as little as $500 a month on up to $3,000. I'll work with you to customize a package that will work within your budget. Contact me, Mark, at Mark at FreeTalkLive.com. This is Free Talk Live. Moments remain, but enough time for you and your thoughts if you make the call now, 855-453. That's toll-free, 1-855-450-3733. You can join us on our website. Do head over to freetalklive.com and enjoy the features that we will give to you there. Now, if you like the show and you want to help support Free Talk Live, become an amplifier. AMP stands for Advertise, Market, and Promote. The idea is you send in 5 bucks a month. We take that and invest it in the show, getting on more radio stations across the country, bringing more listeners on board, and exposing new people to the ideas of freedom. You can become an amplifier right now over at amp.freetalklive.com. You can use any major credit card through PayPal, or you can use Visa and MasterCard right on our website, uh, which, of course, is you know certified by authorized.net. So go to amp.freetalklive.com, and you'll get perks like access to the AMP-only call-in lines, AMP-only podcast, which doesn't have the regular podcast commercials. And on top of that, we've got the AMP-only forum and more. Go to amp.freetalklive.com. If you want to support the, the show with uh, bitcoins, you can go to bitcoin.freetalklive.com. Uh, bitcoins are an online, peer-to-peer, open-source currency. They are money for the Internet, cash for the Internet. And you can get them through uh, bitinstant.com. But if you want to, if you want to store them, blockchain.info will give you an online uh, wallet that is encrypted and it's great because you can not, – not only do they have apps for Android and jailbroken iPhones, but you can send money to people via email, through, to your Facebook friends, or to anyone's cell number in just about any country in the world with the, uh, the blockchain.info wallet. Now, with Bitcoins, you can send money to anybody who has the Bitcoin client. It makes it very easy. I recommend you go get one. At, uh, is it Bitcoin.info that has the uh, client? Bitcoin.org. Yes, Bitcoin. that's the client. Bitcoin.org to get the client and blockchain.info to get your uh, free wallet. All right. So uh, back to the the Pirate Bay and then coming up a ridiculous smoking ban out of San Francisco. Mark's got that story. Uh, but the Pirate Bay is moving to the cloud, according to TorrentFreak.com. It has made an important change to its infrastructure. The world's most famous BitTorrent site has switched its entire operation to the cloud. From now on, the Pirate Bay will serve its users from several cloud hosting providers scattered around the world. The move will cut costs, ensure better uptime, and make the site virtually invulnerable to police raids, all while keeping user data secure. The Pirate Bay is loved by millions of file sharers, but it's also a thorn in the side of the entertainment industries. The letter group continues to push authorities to take action against the site. The Pirate Bay was raided back in 2006, and there are rumors that the police might try again in the future. But the Pirate Bay is not oblivious to this looming threat. They have backups in place and are shielding the true location of their servers. By the way, not only do they have backups, but they have hundreds of mirrors, uh, which are individuals who are also running Pirate Bay sites. They're essentially copying the file structure of the Pirate Bay and then loading that onto their own personal servers and operating those as an alternative to the Pirate Bay. If the Pirate Bay goes down, for instance, you can always search for Pirate Bay mirrors, and uh, one of them will likely still be up. Uh, but it's one of the reasons why the Pirate Bay decided to move the site into the cloud yesterday. That is that you know if they do lose a server, it might take them a while to get back online. And there have been times when they've been attacked. 
Uh, hosting in the cloud also means that uh, the site is easier to scale, it reduces downtime, and it's also cheaper. Uh, moving to the cloud lets TPB move from country to country, crossing borders seamlessly without downtime. All the servers don't even have to be hosted with the same provider or even be located on the same continent, according to a statement from the Pirate Bay. They're currently hosted at cloud hosting companies in two countries, and uh, they also cut down on operation costs and complexity. For example, we never need anyone to do hands-on work like earlier this month where we were down for two days because someone had to fix a broken power distribution unit, according to the Pirate Bay. So if one cloud provider cuts us off, goes offline, or goes bankrupt, we can just buy new virtual servers from the next provider, then we only have to upload their server images and reconfigure their load balancer to get their site up and running again. So they're more bulletproof than they've ever been, and there's no site out there like the Pirate Bay that takes the kind of hits that the Pirate Bay does as far as, you know, not only are they under a fairly decent user load just from regular people going to the website and using it, but also they are subject to attack, not just from governments, but also from haters or whoever else might uh, might be out there. And so one of the most high-profile sites in the world has just become that much more hard to, to, uh, to take out. Now, I'm wondering what kind of haters would uh, be after the Pirate Bay that aren't governments. I don't know. There's probably somebody in the NPAA, companies, I guess. Yeah, okay. yeah, the RIAA, Recording yeah. Industry Association. Just couldn't imagine which, hackers seem to be sort of on the, uh, the side of the Pirate Bay. They certainly do seem to be on the side of the Pirate Bay, but that doesn't mean that there isn't some hacker out there that would love to uh, claim to have taken them down. Yeah, that's true. Just for the lulls. Yeah, exactly. So uh, that's some good news. I'm glad to hear that because uh, file sharing isn't going anywhere, as we discussed in uh, yesterday's show with the intellectual property discussion that we've had. And so good for them for uh, for shoring up their defenses. Uh, Mark, tell me about the smoking ban out in San Francisco or some portion of San Francisco. It's not the whole city, is it? No, this is San Rafael, which is 15 miles north of San Francisco. This is from uh, nydailynews.com. And it's like I said, San Rafael, and they're making it illegal to smoke in any kind of multi-unit housing unit. So it's oh a boy. apartment complex, row houses, uh, Even townhouses, a duplex, right? duplexes, anything. Is it privately owned as well? Oh, yes. Okay, so not just public buildings. Right. A San Francisco su- suburb on Monday banned smoking in duplexes, condominiums, and all other multifamily homes. Uh, city leaders hope that to uh, lead the wave of such regulations across California and ultimately the country. This isn't the first one, though. I don't think it is. There was another one like this in California near, in another near, town. Closer to L.A., as I recall. Yeah. And uh, it's a town of about 57,000 people, 15 miles north of San Francisco. Mm. Uh, it's a Mayor Gary Phillips says, we're happy to blaze a trail. Uh, we're most happy to be on the forefront of an issue because we think Crush it's some freedoms. Yeah. Greatly benefit our residents and those visiting San Rafael. We think it'll set the tone for other cities as well. Now, like uh, cigarette taxes, this particular regulation affects poor people more than it does rich people, doesn't it? Sure. In that poor people are more likely to poor, smoke. Well, no, no, no. Not only is a poor person more likely to smoke, that's true. But a poor person is more likely to live in an apartment, in a duplex, or in some sort of multifamily home. And so, typically, you know, as is as is the case with these governmental regulations and laws, uh, they are you know supposedly enacted for the benefit of uh, of all society, but. The richer part of society isn't really going to be affected by no, this. Now, I would be I would be interested to know, <clears throat> excuse me, if um, this applies to medical marijuana users as well. Good or, question. I don't think and, so. They're, and I bet they, it can't because that's treatment prescription. for that's prescription. You would be messing with people's disabilities and afflictions. So it's okay to smoke pot 
in your duplex, but it's not okay mm-hmm. to smoke tobacco cigarettes. Good right. point. They're specific about tobacco here in, in this. Um, they're saying uh, um, that San Rafael's ban is a very significant event because it will spread, says Robert Proctor, a Sanford University history of science professor. We're on the downslope of a big curve. Smoking peaked in 1981 with 630 billion cigarettes sold in the United States, and now it's down to 350 billion. So that's just almost half as many bill, uh, cigarettes as was sold in 1981. That's a that's a big difference. And that number will keep going down until smoking is a distant memory. And then who are you going to hate on? Oh, they'll find something. They'll find something that someone does. Candy bars. Uh, candy bars, large sodas. Fat people. They're already uh, going after the sodas yeah. in New York City. Yeah, that's true. Cracking knuckles. You know, bad stuff. Well, so uh, presumably this is a health board uh, situation. What will Any proposal as far as what will happen to someone? Oh, I don't think that they've got actually the uh, uh, you know I, I don't I did not see in this article which is not is not short. But this is a done deal, right? Like the city council voted for it. This isn't a proposal. This is this is law. This is law. So, so that's it. Also, by the way, it, it includes uh, city streets. Uh, the uh, ordinance would also prohibit smoking in San Rafael's downtown streets. Wow. This is the backdrop for the 1973 film American Graffiti, which, of course, lots of people smoked. Yep. And, <laughs> uh, when George Lucas filmed his coming-of-age movie in the, his hometown in 1973, people smoked at work, on airplanes, in restaurants, even in schools and hospitals. Supermarkets. I remember people smoking in supermarkets when I was little. I remember, um, and I just having ridden on a plane. Most of these planes are old enough that they still yeah. have the ashtrays in the bathrooms, mm-hmm. and on the in, in the some of them will even have them in the chairs on the plane that shows you just how old wow. the chair is you're sitting in. But uh, yeah, I mean, you know, people <laughs> used to. I remember being on a plane where people would smoke yep, on planes. It, it was it was really bizarre behavior. Now, I mean, looking back, but yeah, that's exactly what happened. You know, it was just that common. So uh, here you go, and and maybe he's right, this mayor. Maybe he's right that they will lead the charge. Maybe there will be other cities that after this will go uh, the extra mile and completely ban smoking from all city streets. We've heard them being banned from uh, smoking, being banned from public parks and other places. This isn't the first time that someone has banned uh, our city has banned smoking from duplexes, multifamilies, and apartment buildings. Uh, so odds are good you're going to see more of this because typically when one city gets away with it. And usually they do. Yeah. When one city gets away with it, other cities have been watching. The city government bureaucrats have been watching and waiting and waiting to see if any court challenges come up against that first city to you know step their foot in the ring. And uh, if that doesn't happen, then they'll go ahead and adopt something similar, yeah. and you'll see this happening That's how it's in more places. out in New Hampshire. Sure. Right. And other places, I think it's in Jersey. You can't smoke in a car if there are kids in the car. Uh, it's just absolutely total control. I just want to know what's next. First the smokers. Then yeah, who? Then who? Good question. I think fatty food's probably a good target. Go after the fatties. Then the furries. See you tomorrow night. Yeah, <laughs> there you go. Tomorrow night online in the meantime at freetalklive.com. Why did you move to the Shire? I moved here to the Shire because there's other people around who take liberty just as seriously as I do. I moved to the Shire because I saw videos of people challenging authority and thought that I could get support myself. It called to me, like, do this right now. I wanted to be around people like me who got it. And once I got here, I knew there was nowhere else that I wanted to be. Immigrating to the Shire was easy. I was instantly plugged into a community of individuals who also care about peace, liberty, and justice and are willing to do something about it. The people here are awesome, loving, and positive. 
It was for the adventure and for the feeling of something important is happening here. And I just wanted to come to sort of be part of that. Visit ShireSociety.com to read and sign the Shire Society Declaration and learn the reasons why, if you love liberty, you should immigrate to the Shire. Plus, add yourself to the Shire map at ShireSociety.com. That's ShireSociety.com.